You're listening to Campfire Conversations, brought to you by Three Rivers Land Trust. Connected to the land, committed to conservation. So I hear on our last episode that my voice wasn't coming through. My bad. That was planned by Cody. (laughs) It was not planned. I did set up the equipment though. So sorry. If you want to hear the, if you're like really dying to hear what all Sam had to say, just email me and I'll send you the, I'll send you the MP3 and you can listen to it. (laughs) That you don't want to. Yeah. I I guess I could republish it, but I I really don't want to do that either. Yeah, that's fine. Um, in other news, we had some other guests planned for today, um, but they had to reschedule. If you uh, d- if you didn't listen to the last episode because you couldn't hear me, we we were excited about a couple guests coming on. President, former President of the United States Barack Obama, and his good buddy, former President of the United States Donald Trump, were coming. B and T, as we've yeah uh-huh. come to call. We're them. coming on together to talk hunting stories, actually. Um, but they emailed us and said we haven't gotten any gobblers yet. They said, we tried, we're on some birds, but until then, we're going to have to postpone. So (laughs) So we're still waiting. So just, yeah, be on the the lookout for that episode coming soon. Um, But fortunately, we've got a couple of other guests that are equally, we're equally as excited to have on, uh, Pete and Shane. Um, Let's do a quick introduction. Shane, you've been on before, so you'll go second. But Pete, go ahead. Uh, First of all, I want to address the... uh I was not told I was the second choice of guest. And I mean, I should take top billing of this. <laughs> that's that's true. Two- <laughs> Isn't it shocking that since Donald Trump is no longer president, that he's become such good friends with Barack Obama and that they're hunting together? I'm just, I, I was so. surprised I was by that. I aware of that. Yeah. A, I mean, that's part of the value of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you learn things right? like that. That's what's great about this podcast and America yeah. in general. <laughs> it's just we're all friends. Yeah. And you can learn everything you need to know right here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right here. Really something. Really something. No, we're we're super stoked to have you guys here. And you weren't second choice by any means. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah. Top tier guests, as always, Shane. Top tier guest for a second time around. Um, but go. Pete, yeah, Pete, tell us a little bit about you, about River Kings, and, and why you're here today. Okay, so uh, the long and short of it is I was a um, always as a kid into canoes and canoe trips with uh, – a group called Royal Rangers, which is like a church-based Boy Scouts. And um, and then later in life, I got into a kayak for the first time, and then it just took off. And within a a year and a half, I was, you know, doing the 40-foot waterfalls and all that. Kind of got out of it uh, when my son was born because it was time to be a father and not chase rain in the mountains all weekend, every weekend. But I ended up doing some source-to-sea trips. I got a bunch of my friends interested. They came along with me. I was trying to burn them a, a DVD of some footage from the trip so they could have the memory. But my computer was so old it wouldn't do it. So I just uploaded it to YouTube and they had made up the name River Kings, which is another fun story. But um, I just put it up there as River Kings so they could watch it anytime they wanted. And that's kind of how the channel started. And uh, we've just gone from there. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Shane? I am Shane. My channel is called Monkeying Around. And um, I kind of do the same thing, kayaking, camping. I started, I paddled for a long time, 
but I started actually camping out of it four or five years ago. And uh, I'm not near the pizza a whole lot bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I guess I'm second. You're big to us. <laughs> oh, thank you. Man. Yeah, you're welcome. I got Was you. Was that $5 I had? <laughs> yeah, something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll pay it later. We'll settle that. Yeah. I saw him slip you a Reese cup earlier. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, so before we get too deep into it, we uh, do need to recognize a few uh, a few of our premier sponsors. Who, if you're interested in this this episode, you're going to be interested in in going to check them out, anyways. So you need to check out Backcountry Beyond. Mm-hmm. They're going to carry a lot of the gear that you may hear about on this trip. On this trip, see, I'm already thinking trip mm-hmm. on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to put your dog in a kayak. You might need to check out Grayson Geyer at Lost Highway Gun Dog Kennels because mm-hmm. he could train your dog on how to do it right mm-hmm. um, or train you on how to do it right and do it safe. I'm getting a dog. Are you planning on putting your dog in it? 100%. In My dog drives with me in the it's kayak gonna a, uh, all the time. It's going to be a river rat. Speaking of backcountry and beyond, we're drinking Black Rifle right now, uh, nice. by the way. It's just a shout-out. That's where you can get that product. Uh, who else you want to talk about? Rock Outdoors. So oh, Shane. Shane, uh, his other... I guess the other half of your 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 life there, um, Rock Outdoors, um, which I'm sure we'll get more mentions in. But uh, Shane, if you go to Rock Outdoors, you're probably going to see Shane. I'll be there. So listen to this and hear the expertise, then go uh, shop with him. Mm-hmm. And also, Traveler Trading Co., check those home guys the, out. Home of the Big Iron Belt. Home of the Big Iron Belt. We got, to name, we got to name that belt. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Well, I don't know if we got to. We just did, and then, he, <laughs> and then, then he, he he decided it was a good enough name for him. So, what's uh, the name? It's uh, so it's this belt. It's uh, so it looks like leather, but it's not. It's uh, synthetic material okay. that doesn't like when you wear a leather belt. After a while, it kind of molds to your waist, mm-hmm. and then the holes start wearing out. After a while, this one doesn't do any of that. It doesn't stretch. Doesn't sweat. Hmm. It's it's pretty cool. And we named it the Big Iron Belt because I was wearing my pistol on it all the time, carrying my Big Iron on there, and it never sagged my oh, yeah. pants. Okay. So, so there's that Marty Robbins song that was just redone by Coulter Wall that we've been listening to a lot, Big Iron. And we've just been listening to it, so we're like, you know what this belt's good for? Carrying your Big Iron. Yep. And then named it right there. <laughs> That's a pretty good name, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's a I think, great, I, yeah. Probably if he's, the best thing we ever did on if this he's, podcast. If he's, not selling, <laughs> if he's not selling belts nation worldwide i don't understand what would at this point and then also wolf and iron you need to check those guys out for all of your uh manscaping beard products Mm -hmm. so now that's out of the way yeah let's get into the show most people probably fast forwarded maybe not i mean they might have missed you know i think they screw up they do because we started mixing it up Mm -hmm. with how long that stuff takes so you Mm -hmm. never know what you're gonna miss Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway so let's uh let's get right into it you heard about the background and you heard the mention of the name River Kings. If you frequent YouTube and you frequent it for action, adventure, or how-to paddling videos, there is a darn fine chance you've come across River Kings. I can't imagine, or monkeying around for that matter. I can't imagine you, you looking that up and it not being in the top, what, five things that pop up, five or six videos there? Sometimes we get lucky there, yeah. Yeah, so so River Kings, you've you've seen this guy, and so you may not be able to see him. We're filming today, actually filming the podcast. Um, so we're actually sitting here with him. It's sitting over the phone. We're we're in person. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's nice to be in person. Uh, since we're talking about YouTube, um, one thing I've noticed, I was going through and watching all your videos, and you've got, I mean, you've got videos from all across the country. Um, you've got some that are just. 
your reach is incredible. I mean, you've got some videos where one, you're talking about hammock camping and your rain fly for your hammock camping yeah. setup that has like half a million views or something like that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's gone crazy. And then you've got one that's a dude caught in an eddy. We were watching that one. This it's morning. like a minute long yeah. video that's got like 350,000 views. And it's just a dude for a minute caught in a whirlpool. Yeah. I and think the one that made that video nice was that guy was so good looking. Is that, was that you? Oh, well, yes. That's <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That was from the early days at the Whitewater Park. And they call that Eddie the tourist trap. Uh-huh. Because when you get in there, uh, you just kind of, sometimes it takes a minute to get out. So there's something, there's something that I've noticed with like social media and, and YouTube and stuff um, where you hit these, these viral sayings or whatever that seems to just draw in like dude caught in a whirlpool yes. is just something that like, oh, I want to see this dude get sucked down into a whirlpool. Yes. Like our biggest social media. Potential for danger yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. bodily harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, clicking yeah. it. There's, there's a, couple of, a couple of sure winners to yeah. get millions of views and something that's going to result in extreme bodily injury is usually going to be one of them. And you never really know what it's going to be until it just happens. Like our biggest social media post for the land trust was an April Fool's post about us finding like a humanoid ape <laughs> on one of our properties, like a like a Sasquatch. Yeah, but we made it kind of sound like a little bit scientific, and it yeah. just got you know thousands and thousands of, awesome. of views. And I'm trying to we need to do a little brainstorm at some point, maybe after about like what our next viral they, thing. They call that clickbait. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> there's yeah. a term for it. Yeah. Now, to, to my defense, that was when I was just uploading raw video. Yeah. From a little handheld camera that my friend took of me. And so we'd put it up there to watch each other later. This was years and years before I ever tried to do River Kings. Uh huh. And to name it something so he could find it. Yeah, sure. Caught in the whirlpool or something. And I walked, I put it up there and walked away. And like eight years later, I came back and it was like 230,000 views and all this hate in the comments. <laughs> this is not even a whirlpool. You know? yeah, yeah. Like, they came to watch he me He didn't die, get sucked. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he he, didn't, he, he didn't die in the end. Yeah. I got gypped. Yeah, that's what they were saying. I was like, so I, I disabled comments for a while because I was like, I was like, Dude, look at the views. Perf- Everyone came to see this. This is a perfect time to talk about how much people are just trolls. Oh, they are. They're yeah. just trolls. We get it too. I mean, we get it on every level, just like anybody that's in social media gets it. Yeah. And it's not talked about very much, but people are just awful. Oh, yeah, they are. In fact, um, we joke about it on the channel. I have, and hopefully you do too, because it's the mark of success. you got to have a thumbs down guy. <laughs> so if I post the thumbnail for a video that's going to premiere on Sunday and mm-hmm. I post on Friday, there'll be a thumbs down on that thing. Mm-hmm. But at least I know he's there. And yeah, he's still sure. checking in. So, um, But they'll troll everything into anything you do. Um, oh, this guy's not paddling it right. This yeah. guy's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And what, another thing we've noticed when I was starting out, I got a lot more trolling. When you cross a certain threshold, they they start leaving you alone, but they'll they still pick on like they want that kind of smaller channel, smaller. Mm-hmm. They feel like they got. But when the person gets big, I think maybe they're afraid of it a little. But you can never get rid of all of them. They mm-hmm. just get yeah. more dedicated. Well, I was going to ask you about that later, but I'm glad we just went ahead and knocked that out right out of the right out of the gate because, like, it's still like. You read the comments because it's your video. Just yep. like we read when you make a thing on this podcast, we look at that. We see oh, it. Yeah. I mean, we might not see it that day, but in a month or two, we're like, oh, let's see if anybody said anything new. And somebody's like, oh, those guys suck. 
Yeah. Like I read that, and I'm like man, that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. Yeah. But it's like you said, just you know, you got to have a thumbs down guy. Yeah. So I I uh I respond to every single comment. See, that's unbelievable. And it takes a while. And and last year in the analytics, they showed me the uh, how many comments I respond to and all that. There were forty five thousand comments I respond to last year. Oh my so god, that's a full time job. It is. Yeah, it's crazy. And so. I'm a trophy husband, if you didn't know that. It sure. I've gathered, I've gathered mm-hmm. from the intel we're, we're talking here. <laughs> so one thing it's allowed me to do, you've got to learn early on, you, number one, you don't have to respond uh-huh. to the troll because they're there. and it's just They want to, you to respond. They want you. They feed off of mm-hmm. it, and you cannot win mm-hmm. because they don't care. It's sure. not a rational discussion. Mm-hmm. It's they want to troll you. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned real quick, just, just cut that out. Just block them. You know, a discussion or a criticism when they have something to say is one thing. But straight troll, it's like, boop, block, mm-hmm. move on, be happy with life, and and uh, talk about it on a podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the best yeah. way. I think that's a great Otherwise, life. That's like life advice. Day, no, i got to get him back. He said this. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's wrong, and I'm going to tell him why he's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Look, man, let me just tell you. Uh, yeah, totally, totally with you on that. I think that's unbelievable that you've got that kind of communication with your audience. It's getting tougher. Um but I, I do I do enjoy that aspect and the access. Um, that's something in whitewater kayaking that's different from maybe every other professional sport that I know of, is that you can go to a river. If you have a certain amount of skill to be on a river that's going to still attract the best kayakers, you might be with the world's best kayaker that day, and they'll just be, you know, your buds in there. You know, conversely, if you were into basketball, would you ever be able to play a game with LeBron James? Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. not ever, but you can go paddle with the best in the world, and, and and that camaraderie is there even at that level. So, I've tried to make sure that I, uh, while I'm not on the world class paddling level, um, I still would like to keep that communication with all the audience and mm-hmm. anyone who chimes in there. I'm trying to respond back, and so far I've been able to do it. So, if you know, I'm sure, if, you know, if things grow big enough, it'll be, I probably have to start. And yeah, you just hire somebody. Yeah, you just, you t- yeah, you just hire hire me. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Oh, well, I think I think that's wonderful, Sam. I know you got you're dying for questions. Yeah, when it comes to and this goes for both of y'all. Both of y'all have a fairly large audience on YouTube, and uh, when it comes to you, you know, you start off. I'm sure when you put up that video of you getting sucked into the whirlpool and and passing away, um, you didn't <laughs> you didn't imagine that that would ever get hundreds of thousands of views, and now years and years of you putting in all this work and creating videos and same with you you start to build this audience and you're probably shocked by the amount of views you're getting and how you know gratifying that is at what point do you reach a threshold where it's like okay this is actually when did you realize like oh this is actually a job like this is there's money coming in through this or monetization through youtube or whatever like when when do you hit that threshold and then how do you come to terms with that and what does like what does getting hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube mean for like a like making a career out of um, social well, media? Uh, I think truly I'm still on the the front side of anything like that, um, and YouTube is uh, views dominated, so it's basically roughly three to four thousand dollars per million views. Mm-hmm. So you really need to to make a true career out of just YouTube views. You need to be crushing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do the math. What kind of living? You could live on three thousand dollars a month. Sure. You know, or you can live on, you know, twelve thousand or one thousand or mm-hmm. it just depends on what you want to do with your life to what kind of um 
living you want to make. But then I know some other YouTubers who are bigger than I that, that get sponsorships um, like to they'll get a brand new product mm -hmm. and they get a check for doing a video with that product in it, uh, you know, or sponsors per show or, and then, um, you know, maybe you use one kayak manufacturer, not any of the rest. Yeah. There's all those possibilities. I'm not really into that, uh, level yet. I just basically make a little gas money and, uh, it helps me buy some of the equipment, camera stuff, but, uh, it's not really a living, living. It, it really started as a hobby. Yeah, and that's uh, best case scenario. It started love, as a labor hobby, love. Uh -huh, yeah. labor of love, and Ho now you can pay for the gear. Hobbies yes. that will, in the least, pay for themselves a yep. little bit. That's a good hobby. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm into those I'm hobbies. Yeah. Like, I'm already going to do all this. Mm -hmm. I'm filming it. Um, I was already filming it so we could have the memory. Yep. And I started putting on YouTube uh, for the memory. Then I realized other people chiming in, so it changed how I did it. And I, you know, instead of just being a trip with a song. That if the song would match the mood on the river, and if you were there with yeah. us, it would help you remember. My mom was telling me, "Well, we weren't. No one knows what's going on." I was like, "Well, we do." It was like, "Well, yeah, no one else does." I was mm -hmm. like, "Well," so I started narrating it, and that kind of drew everyone in. Yeah, I think more than anything. So I owed to my mom. Thanks, mom. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, yeah so thanks, I still mom. Make what I want to see. If when I watch YouTube, I try to make a video I want to watch. Yep. And and they're way longer than they're supposed to be. I take out the mid-roll ads because I hate watching mid-roll ads. So I could probably do better if I was truly chasing that, but um, I'm kind of trying to just stay true to what I like to do. Well, did you have, uh, I guess this is for both you guys. I don't have, I obviously don't have a YouTube channel. So did you have video video editing skills like the voiceover stuff for your narration? Did you have that from something previous or did you just pick it up just to do um, your thing on YouTube? No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> on the fly. Yeah, OJT, I had a, um, I'm a drummer, so I'm a musician, so there's okay. a little bit of that um, aspect, artistic, creative side, I guess, to it, and, um, but no, I had no, no zero training in any kind of editing. My first video was way before YouTube, I just got Movie Maker from what's on the computer, and I just made a video of the first year of highlights, and I had fun just, and like everyone who makes their first video, you got to use every effect. Oh yeah, in the template twice during the video. <laughs> just, when we got the yeah. soundboard right here. Yeah, you got to use it. Is it working? Mm, that's a shame. There's like laugh track and. Oh, oh yeah. 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 So you, you, I was just, I threw everything into one, and some guy who does it for a living told me, "Hey man, you, you could, you got some natural ability, but remember that they're there to see." The content, not yeah. the effect, not the so laugh like, track. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I just remember him saying that, and and I just would make it. And do I like to look at that? If I didn't, I'd change something about it. And, and then I got a lot of help from some friends along the way. Mm -hmm. Everything's in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's, everyone looks better in slow motion. Oh, That's a rule. I think so. Maybe not in podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but on film, man, slow motion's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, Shane. Same thing. I mean, mine was, uh, you know, you go back and look, and, and I think everybody that does YouTube will tell you kind of the same thing. You go back and look at their first video and then look at their last video, and you can you can see the progression of them improving. And, I mean, you can, you can edit a video for nothing using some free software, some cheap software, or you can spend, like, Pete's got a nice, a nice uh, software editing uh, 
video editing software that is expensive and he can do a whole lot more than I can with mm-hmm. cheaper stuff but yeah you can watch somebody progress as they same thing with you guys on your podcast mm-hmm. as you get better I knew that was coming you, <laughs> you, you guys you'll be there one day <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there <laughs> you'll get some nicer stuff and yeah. <laughs> learn how to edit better but you, look, you listen to your first one right you listen to your first one yeah and now look, look at what you've got. Your yeah. sound quality's better. It's called damage control. You know? <laughs> yeah. where's, the, where's that? Take button? a sip. I'll take over Shane. <laughs> yeah, where's the crickets yeah. button? Where's that button at? No, I oh. got up. I had Movie Maker on an old, it, the computer was 15 years old. And um, let me back up just a little bit. My wife, I did a solo trip, Source to Sea on the Hall River to the Cape Girl, all the way to the coast. 240 miles in six days. But I didn't have a GoPro. So I had to pull out high A, whatever video handheld and I would only pull it out if it was a boring spot in the river yeah where so you didn't have wet. to paddle exactly mm-hmm. or I didn't want to get wet and my wife bought me a GoPro and said if you're going to do a trip like that you should at least record it and I was like all right so up to that moment and all my kayaking white water there was a few people with a few GoPros in the early days and we would laugh at them like what kind of self-absorbed individual would mm-hmm. wear that all day why not just go paddle but now I regret not having it because it just records that uh, you know POV, you know, memory, what you were seeing. And um, so I was doing that, but on this old computer. And it would take me uh, a week, mm-hmm. like literal week, waiting on the rendering and the computer to import to do like a 15-minute a video. And she, for my birthday or no, for Christmas one year, bought me the best Mac that you could buy that year. Unbeknownst to me, coming up 27-inch, and uh, so that was, I could do that same 20-minute video in like four hours now mm-hmm. instead of a week. I think she just wanted to see more of me. Yeah, sure. That's probably not it. And so that was... <laughs> <laughs> no, she wanted me around to take care of the kids more. Yeah. That's more like it. Yeah. And then uh, talking to a couple friends that do it for a living, they would give me input. And I kept asking about Final Cut Pro versus iMovie, which is way better than what I was using on the Windows computer. And Final Cut Pro is like the adult version of iMovie. And it, um, I would never open up any other program again. Really? Yeah. Once you go there, I, now I can make that same 20-minute video in like an hour and a half. Mm. So, and it's way more powerful. You can do a lot more stuff with it. So, so it is I've, important. When you talk about negative comments, this goes for a question for both of you. Um, so there's like this, this thing in the hunting community or the fishing community or whatever uh, called spot burning. Do you know the term? Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is like a, you know, when it comes to hunting or fishing, there's a finite resource there and you can only have so many people get in there and enjoy it. Yeah. And, um, when somebody goes on probably with the best intentions and puts up a video of them having a good time, but has the GPS coordinates to the spot or talks about the location, yeah. you know, people will get furious if they're a frequent user of that location because, Mm -hmm. oh, you're bringing all these people, you have this huge audience and you're bringing all these people to the spot. Is that, does that happen in the kayaking paddling community as well? Or is it because it's there, you know, and it's not consumable. It's not, yeah, there's, it's not a consumable thing. It's just a trip that you can go on. You don't really have people getting mad at you about. Uh, actually, yes. Uh, in two different regards, um, in whitewater, you need to be good enough to be on a river. Mm Mm-hmm safely but some people will um it's almost a trolling mechanism in a way but they will demonize the run they were on 
to make it sound much worse than it was. Mm-hmm. For two reasons, I think, to keep other people away and to make themselves feel better because if you're scared of it and I did it, then I then it's like yeah. uh-huh. building me up or something. Sure. So you want to be smart and safe, but I would rather encourage, you know, if I can do it, everyone else can do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just work up to it. But on the kayak camping side, uh, on the trip um, we just did <coughs> to Missouri, uh, there was a couple comments about, great, this is my backyard run. Now it's going to be even harder. Yeah. To, but mm-hmm. this is a national wild and scenic river with foundations and websites. It's one of the most paddler rivers in America Yeah. without river kings. They don't need I, I found sure. out from someone else. So when I paddled, there was a few comments about it. And I was like, you know, I'm sorry that I uh, paddled your river. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a tourist river. Mm-hmm. And so there, it is a thing, but it's not as prevalent as hunting and fishing for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that makes no, sense. No good hunter or fisher will burn a spot. It yeah, just I sure totally wouldn't. agree. Yeah, well, did you say you sure would? I sure wouldn't. Oh. I, I don't. I've, I've, yeah. I don't anymore. I do have a. <laughs> I do a lot of hunting myself. Do you? The videos I put up that are on the channel are of uh, caribou hunts in Alaska, but I mean, that's federal land too. You can mm-hmm. got to get a bush pot. Yeah, sure. So. Uh huh. Um, if I'm shooting deer, then the, you'll never know where that is, but mm-hmm. it does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I like to be. Like you just have to take my word for it that it happened because yep. I'm not going to tell you. So the reason that we're all here together, beyond you know getting to meet you and talk about y'all's stories together and all the things, is we've got a paddle trip coming up that we talked about in our episode with Shane a few weeks back. Um, it's our first through paddle that we've done, and Nikki kindly gave me a thank you, Nikki. Gave me a sheet of, of kind of the specifics, the agenda for that paddle, which mm-hmm. I'll run through. We have 15 spots still available, and hopefully we'll fill these up pretty quick. Um, but you signed on to join us for this paddle yes. about a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've gotten like 20 more people signed up for the paddle, right. which is for a first-time event to have, you know, to fill out the thing. It's hard. You know, We've done events since we started here five years ago. And the first one's always hard. You know, it's a new thing. People don't yeah. know what to expect. And you'll do the first one. And then, it get, you know, people have a good time. And then the second year, it's bigger. But for a first-time event to fill out all the way through, right off the bat, it's great. It's yeah. great for us. And um, it makes it worth our time and all the effort that goes into putting on something like this. So right. uh, we appreciate you coming on and joining us for it. And I'm going to go through the specifics of the paddle. So it's May 15th and 16th. Um, Keep Davidson Beautiful has a cleanup scheduled for the morning of May 15th, and it's at the York Hill Boat Launch. The, um, uh, what's, thank you, thank you, Yadkin River Park. I said, I said York Hill, I've always been saying locals, any locals gonna know exactly what you're talking about if you said Fort York or York Uh Hill. Uh That's all the locals are gonna know. Otherwise, like if you're looking at it on the internet, it's gonna, you're gonna find Yadkin River Park, the Davidson County Yadkin Mm -hmm. River Park. Mm -hmm. Um, so the yeah. three panel participants uh, who are in need of a shuttle, you're going to come, you're going to meet us there at York Hill at the Fort York uh, site, Yakin River Park. And shuttles are going to begin at approximately 1130. So the cleanup is from 9 a.m. until then. So you, your ticket to get on your shuttle is you're going to come and pick up some trash at that, at that site. Whose idea was that, Nikki? Was that you? Or was that, was that Davidson County? <laughs> Well, great idea. Uh, I'm totally for it. We're all about picking up trash. Sure. Mm-hmm. We, do, we do the same thing. It's Get amazing. Take out some put-ins, just pick a bag of trash up. 
So um, we're going to transport y'all about 30 minutes to the 801 Concord Church put in site. And we're going to do, you're going to paddle that second half of the day, stagger the groups. Time out. Let me talk for a minute. Yeah, please. So Concord Church. So putting in there, that ramp is if you're backing a trailer in. So with kayaks, it isn't that big of a deal. But we have ruined two trailer axles on the same hole. On that ramp. Oh, is it the back, the bottom end of the ramp just drops off? It just drops off on one side, and oh. you will bend an axle in a heartbeat. So just FYI, if you're launching a, a boat that you got to launch off a trailer, uh, that one there's uh, one that will get your trailer every time. <laughs> that's good information. It's a trailer, that's, yeah, that's a hot It's tip. a trailer eater. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. All right, so we're going to stagger it to like 10 participants with each flight that goes out. So it's going to be, you know, all COVID safe and, and fun. And um, we'll have all groups launched by about 1 p.m. There's going to be a relief station set up at Boone, Boone's Cave Park and allow participants to use the restroom, grab water, snacks, all that. And then we're going to end at the convergence of the, uh, the Yadkin and the South Yadkin River. The Land Trust has conser- conserved some land there, so we've got a nice little camping spot. You're going to have supper, all that stuff, have a nice place to camp. It's beautiful. Um, after that, in the morning, staff volunteers are going to drive. For, the great thing about this is you have your gear. If you – like yourself, the paddle trips that both of y'all do, you probably take all your gear with you and you have it down to a science where like... And you got to have somebody picking you mm-hmm. up or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. It's a whole oh, yeah. thing. Here, you know, some people are going to be like y'all where I've got everything I need right here on my kayak. Some people, hopefully, we're going to have some people that are new to this and it's going to be maybe their first time or their second time and they're getting to enjoy a new experience. They're not going to have it down to a science. And so heavier items, if they don't want to carry their all their camping gear and stuff with them. We'll be able to shuttle that mm-hmm. to the camping site and then to the takeout spot back at, um, at York Hill. Um, so that is an option as well. It's not like you're going to have to carry everything with you, but I know Nick, you sent out like a big list of camping equipment and like a packing list for all that. So we've got all that handled as well, but you do have the option to have some of your heavier gear shuttled to you at your camping spot. Um, $75 per person. Um, Additional $10 to rent kayaking equipment, T-shirts included, dinners included on the night of the 15th, lunch when you take out on the 16th included, and uh, participants under 18 will need to be accompanied by a guardian. That's pretty much it. Anything else, Nikki, you want me to bring up? Yes, that sounds good. All right, we need 15 more participants. So if you're hearing this, yeah, if you're hearing this, join us. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He'll be joining us. What I was, that's exactly what I was going to say, is this is the time where if this is one of those things where you've always dreamt of it and thought about it, or you've done it a time or two mm-hmm. and you didn't have a good time, yeah. but you still thought it would have been fun, this is the time you can go and you're going to be there with maybe some of the best people on the river. Like, you may be paddling with LeBron James. You may, like, mm-hmm. the <laughs> yeah. LeBron James of kayak and what I mean here. Mm-hmm. So this is your opportunity to see how the quote-unquote pros do it or just a regular Joe does it and maybe like steal some of their ideas, see what they're packing. Like Shane just brought me something that's laying here in the floor to look at that I had no idea even existed until I talked to Shane. The the flat sleeping hammock, because I've, I've talked so much junk about sleeping in a hammock camping. Mm-hmm. He's like, this here is how you throw away your tent. And so things you learn just being around folks. So this is the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And be around folks that like the same things you do care about the same things you do and, and just genuinely want to have a good time. Yeah. If you go onto a YouTube video of Shane's or whoever, any, any hobby really, 
and you go and look at like you're watching the YouTube videos and wondering how these people do this or that. Well, this is your opportunity to meet with these guys in person, spend two days with them and really look at their gear that they're carrying with them. And I mean, it's like living a YouTube video for two days and getting you'll the inside. In video. Yeah, you'll yeah. be in a YouTube video. <laughs> so several of them. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, if I can speak to that real quick, please. That's one thing. While I respond to all those comments, like I was talking about earlier, uh, I get probably four to 500 requests a year to paddle with people. And um, I know there may be some weird basement dweller out there as part of that, but most of those people I know I would really enjoy paddling uh-huh. with. Yep. I just can't make it happen because, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. I, I, There's not I 365 yes. days in a year, and so, you're not paddling all those days. Right, exactly. Yep. Even if I was, someone would still be left out. So this is a perfect opportunity to get a bigger group in um, where logistics, like y'all are saying, are going to be handled. Any skill level, which is a thing if I'm going on a, a river with Shane and the guys, you know, maybe there's folks out there that would have trouble on certain rivers. And so rather than having to, you know, try to vet out, can someone handle this river and go with us? And are we going to enjoy them for a week? Are they going to enjoy us for a week? This is a great opportunity to, like you said, just kind of get out, meet a bunch of folks, all like-minded people, get down a river together, camp together. And, um, and I like the aspect of camping with a large number of people I did a thing called uh, Robin Sage, which is oh, yeah. military. Mm-hmm. I did that for 10 years running one of the camps. And so I camped with 45 other people eight times a year for two weeks at a time. And I saw every conceivable way to set up a camp in the woods. Sure. And you know what works, what doesn't work. You Oh, but that guy's got, ooh, that's nice. Or you mm-hmm. see something like, no, that's a trend. That's just, uh-huh. that's you know. <laughs> but you get to choose, pick and choose. And we all kind of landed on the same uh, kind of format that we do. Our camping, but as time goes on, someone might have a new piece of gear there that I've never seen, or we might have a way of doing it that y'all haven't seen. So there is a definite value to to doing that, and you can always, you should always be ready to learn something. Totally, with camping, like the thing y'all I always wind up taking away from other people that camp a lot is something they cook. Like they'll have some kind of camp. Yes. Everybody's like, you got a little camp thing that you do that I stole from you last time we talked. Like so, everybody's got a little camp cooking thing that's like this little trick a little amenity or something. Yeah. Those are the things that I'm always looking for. And then obviously gear and setting things up and packing and all I that. I won't be your guy on that one. For me, food is what I have to do to keep doing whatever else is <laughs> I'm doing. For someone like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, food may be the focus, you know, so they're going to bring their A game. Cross paddles is going to be there. I know they cook a mean riverside lunch. No kidding. I'm um, talking. You might yeah. And that's something you won't have to worry about for this yeah. one either. Cause yeah. for supper, we got smoked chicken and sides. And that's better than than Mountain House. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. Way better. Yeah, <laughs> way better. Compared to freeze-dried, we're, yeah. all, we're I'm next level. about the food. Yeah. Yeah, Just Nikki. up and start eating. Nikki sent me, like, wrote out this thing. This is questions that she's gotten from people. So I'm going to read these as well just to, so that if you're interested in coming on this and you've got questions, I'm going to answer those. So we're going to meet at the location where the paddle – ends mm-hmm. right you're gonna get shuttled from there so that's yadkin river park you're gonna leave your car there and then two days later when you come in you'll be right at your car so that's perfect best case scenario so that's one question that she had so we'll shuttle everybody to the launch area food's going to be provided at the camping area the halfway point there's going to be a bathroom there's gonna be bathroom facilities there's actually a nice like open area for you can tent camp and then we have a conserved property right across the road 
really, really close with a bunch of trees. If you're a hammock camper, plenty of trees for you to do a hammock camp. Bring your mosquito net or thermosail. Bring your bugs back. I will tell you. Mm-hmm. They're starting to pop right now, for sure. And then if you have any other questions, you're still interested, but you're, I, we didn't answer something that you have, just email us, call us, whatever. Like I said, 15 spots left. I'm sure they're going to go quick. But that's it on that. Right on. Good. Right let's, on. Let's, talk, uh, let's, talk, let's talk YouTube stories. Okay. Or, or not YouTube stories. Uh, talk either, anything you want. Either way. I got so, stories. That's what I've been told, <laughs> and, I, and I don't know them, so that's, that's why I'm looking forward to it. I know both you guys got stories, all kinds of stories. I got stories about Shane. Let's, uh, you got, have you got a, okay, okay. Am I not allowed to ask? I don't know what he's going to say. I mean, the only thing I know is if you go on a trip with the River Kings, you, you've got to have a hammock for sleeping. You've got to have a hammock and underquilt, top quilt if it's cold, a dry suit and a PFD for sleeping. Mm-hmm. So that's important. You left that. <laughs> for sleeping, yes. So that's your yeah. five things for sleeping mm-hmm. with the River Kings. So yeah. You ask yourself. I'm in a hammock and I'm sleeping. Why do I? Why do I need a, a PFD and a and a dry suit? Is mm-hmm. it really that cold with a top quilt and a butt? Yeah. Yep. That was a what's called a classic redirect. Mm-hmm. That was back to a story I, about mm-hmm. me. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. We, we could tell that story if you like. I, well, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in. Yeah, I'm already. Mean, I'm already vested. Um, Let's go. Good move, Shane. I'll give you props. <laughs> yeah, that was smart. Uh, this is so smart. Play. We'll save the good story for later. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at Missouri River. Uh, in Missouri going down the current river on that last big trip and we were paddling um, with coincidentally Rodney Dillard are you familiar with the name um, you watch Andy Griffith the one of the Dillards yes no kidding the main man Rodney Rodney played the banjo never spoke yeah, that's him yep so his son Brian was the one who took us and so I got to tell this story because it's, it's kind of you never know who's uh. watching it. so <laughs> Brian was asking me uh, about doing a trip on the Greenbrier, which is one of our favorites. And so I was sending him uh, grids to where we camped, a you know, GPS location, and generally information. So he wanted to emulate our trip, recreate it with his crew. And he did it, and he showed his dad, hey, this is this guy, River Kings. He did the Greenbrier. This is where we're going to be. And that was one of my first videos, so not the best, but he really liked it and liked the area, so wanted to do that. Awesome river. Well, his dad was like, oh, nice. He goes on the trip. He comes back. He had had some, like, big water experiences because it rained a ton, so he had to tell his dad some stories. Well, Rodney's in recording his last album called Dillard's Last Album. And in their studio, he shows up to say, hey, his dad, no one's in the studio. So he goes to, like, the den of his house. And in there in the den is Rodney Dillard, Don Henley, and Charlie mm-hmm. Daniels watching River Kings. No kidding. <laughs> How cool is that? Don's a big fan. Wow. And he's a big canoeist and um, outdoor conservationist up where he's mm-hmm. from. So he's supposed to want to meet. I guess I'm on his radar. I could probably make time for Don Henley. Yeah, well, um, yeah. you're busy, yeah. You're busy yeah, man. But it's cool because you really don't mm-hmm. know who's watching. So fast forward a little bit. We're on this trip with Brian because he's invited us up there. He's given us the red carpet treatment. We got, I think, I think it was three... Or, or four inches of rain over a two-day period halfway through the trip upstream and then again on us. So, um, long story short, the river went from about 1,000 CFS to 22,800. Mm. One foot, 1.2 feet or something like that to 22, I'm sorry, to 14.8 feet. Mm. They closed the river up there somehow at five feet. They'll get you off the river like oh, the, oh. the rangers in the state highway patrol do. 
So it was, um, it was time to get off the river. And, uh, and I knew since Brian Dillard had set up the shuttle through an outfitter, I just know this because I've been around it, they have to report that to the rangers. That you're out there. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. out there. They have to go, they have to find us since we use the, the outfitter service, which is normally we don't use one. But yeah. In this case, you know, they're looking for us, so the call was, they're looking for us. We found them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so the ranger showed up, and he was, uh, he had his sandwich in his truck. He was trying to eat lunch, and he got the call that we're calling them, trying to give them grids to where we were. He was smiling. He's like, well, this never happens. I was like, what's that? He goes, people who have the right gear, who are making good decisions, mm-hmm. finding us, is like, mm-hmm. you'll be back to your lunch in 20 minutes. But that night, overnight, where we were camping, when it was raining, it's just in the back of my mind. It's been raining for two days, mm-hmm. hard, and the river hasn't come up. And it's like, what kind of little magic place are we in? That if it rains for two yep. days, it's hard. River's got to go up. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep, and I ended up checking, and sure enough, the water, it was flashing. So we got up at 2 a.m. I woke everybody up and said, put your dry suit on, your life jacket, then pack the camp up. <laughs> so we packed it all down in the rain, and the little dry bed we were in, um, ended up being under like six feet of water, but 20 minutes, the water had come up like three feet for when I woke up. And you could have up. slept right through that. Well, up to the point you were in floating. <laughs> Until you were wet. Until you are blowing bubbles, mm-hmm. yeah. When I woke up, the other crew, um, there were, um, there were, uh, nine of us that the other folks were losing their boats were already starting to float back into the boat. It would have been gone. So yeah, that's what he's alluding to. There was a time there about 3 a.m. when we had, we just set up one more tarp. That's all we reset up. We're just going to wait it out till morning. So we're all in our life jackets, dry suits, and we're sitting there, and it's about 40 degrees. We're just sitting there waiting for morning. And Brian Hubbard, River King Brian, he, he's not a big fan of the rain. He was sitting there. We're laughing. He goes, I have my life jacket and dry suit on, on dry ground, trying to sleep. Just like his moment, like <laughs> not the trip he was used to. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, sometimes it, sounds it gets awful. rough. Yeah, awful, it sounds awful. Awesome. Yeah, and then yeah. it's but a great story to tell. No one wants to recreate those moments. But mm-hmm. oh, I, I we talk them. about that all the time. Yeah. The, 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 the suck trips are usually the ones you remember. Like, oh yeah, we were talking about it with turkeys. Like the turkeys I remember are the ones I didn't get yes. a lot of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, totally, totally understand that. Like yeah. um, one thing, you sometimes you can't help it if it rains like that. You can't stop that. That's mm-hmm. just something that happened. Um, there's other times where if you do a little bit of homework even on Google Earth, um, before you put on a creek like the Hunting Creek. Um, would you like to talk to that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this a flip of the script? It's actually over there on the south fork of the Yatkin. That's mm-hmm. what it is. But the locals, the way I understand it, locals call it Hunting Creek. And <laughs> if you will look at Google Maps, we found a log jam that was probably 100 yards wide and 100 yards long that we had to get around on this trip. I did a trip over there a couple years ago, and it, it was, it, if we would have looked on Google Earth, plain as day, you mm-hmm. can see, holy cow, we're not going to get around that. But sure enough, we paddled right up to it. And yep, and over We had it to drag it. it and carry it across and pull through it. And, uh, I mean, we spent probably hour and a half, two hours trying to get past this. What was your total mileage on that trip? I can't remember. It was like six miles. took us eight days or something. So we cut the trip short mm-hmm. because we had, there was so many log jams. But There was more one, toting a boat than paddling. Yes. Mm-hmm. We spent more time out of the boat dragging it than we did. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do a trip, this is for all your viewers, 
If you're going to do a trip on a small creek, there's a principle you have to know that if the trees are taller than the creek is wide, they don't get washed out. So when they fall over, they stay and they collect debris. Such a good point. So like such that. common sense, yeah. but nobody thinks about yes. it. Yeah. So there are lots of creeks. I like small creeks, but you kind of need to just do a little Google search. You can see on Hunting Creek, when I looked at it, it was a log jam. You can see on Google Earth like every 50 yards. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I just um, – I was – Land Trust is in the works of looking at a property on Hunting Creek for conservation. We've got we've got several. We have we do properties. have several, on, and there's a new one potentially. Um, and I went out and took baseline photos, which is an inventory of what the property looks at, looks like at the time of conservation. Nice. Um, and I had taken some photos prior, and then we we met with the landowner. He wanted to change some things about the easement boundary, so I went back out. This is only a few months ago, but we've had. We were just talking about it. We, I feel like we're talking about this a few times every week, but there's a 100-year flood six times a year now, every year. <laughs> yeah, sure So is. there was a flood um, that had happened a few months back, and I went out to an area that was a field off of Hunting Creek um, last time I went and took baseline photos. And I knew that it was going to be wet, so I took my waders with me to go take baseline photos of a place that was going to be dry, you know, that was usually yeah. perpetually dry. And ended up going and walking around, you know, belly button deep or more, going taking photos of his agriculture field off of Hunting Creek. And I I was watching logs flowing down the creek. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, for some reason, that one's particularly. It's a beautiful river, though. It's a beautiful river. Because this was right before all the hurricanes that came in the last couple of years. And they probably got all washed out. So you wouldn't have had your good experience if if you went now. What an experience. I mean, it, we honestly, we would paddle 50 yards and get out. Okay, here's another log jam. Drag it over, drag it under, carry it across. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, looked bad. I felt bad for you. <laughs> it. It well, this, like, this is a good time for me to ask this then, since we're talking about little creeks and stuff. So growing up, me and my – so I've always been interested in the in the adventure of paddling and seeing new country and, and, oh, yeah. and little creeks and that kind of thing. Grew up on little creeks. And so me and my brother would always look forward to the, the flood events because that meant we could get the canoe in the creek and right. go for a trip, which hindsight's, you know, being an adult now, paddling floodwaters is probably not the best thing you can do. But, right. you know, we were also into it and right. grew up doing it and knew these creeks very well and, you know, wore a life jacket or whatever. But um, we would always look for when the creek got out in the creek bottoms, it's time to go put the canoe in and see how far we could get <laughs> right and sometimes we would like it we'd make it to the bridge we told dad we were gonna be at well we can keep going let's see how far we can go let's see if we can make it all the way to the river or let's yeah. see if we can go to the next road that crosses yeah and we would do that for miles is that something that you as river kings look forward to is like oh well, the non-navigable water is all of a sudden navigable um i do i have um we call it micro creaking and it's a thing in whitewater too where you can take a you know, something you could just walk over and not get your feet wet, and you put mm-hmm. enough rain in there, it's going to become something. And in fact, I give a plug to Kirk Edelman, world class paddler. He goes up into the high country and will hike dry ditches in anticipation of what enough rain would make this look like, scouting it dry. And then he'll take his crew with whitewater boats on, on the back and maybe hike miles and miles, miles up to do a first descent on this. So and yes, there's an aspect of this that's- See, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, and then you got your first descent and no one knows what it's gonna be to, and the, the whole thing may last two hours because then 
up the higher and steeper you get, the rain's gone. And then the flow just washes out. Down here, the danger is um, strainers, trees, and mm -hmm. debris that's not normally there. So um, I like to answer it like this. The adventurous aspect of the river when it gets up is always there in a whitewater river that doesn't have debris and logs and banks. And, yep. and so once you get that level of excitement up in a river that's not designed for it, so you have trees along the banks, water flowing through trees, trees down, it gets it can get like catastrophic. Oh, strainers really are a big deal. Yeah. So <laughs> typically we just don't encourage it. Yeah. But, um, mm -hmm. I do. And if you're going to do something stupid, do it in the, the least stupid way possible. So there's a bubble that happens on a river after a rain. So as the rain falls, the river rises, it'll crest and come back down. General rule of thumb is to always chase the bubble. Don't get the bubble behind you. So if you're going in front of the bubble, you don't know what that's going to do. It hasn't done it yet. So watch, let it crest and come down. Most of the wood's gone at that moment. As it comes down, all the stuff that's going to be in the river has gone down the river, and you can get you can get down a lot safer. So, good. yeah, Be and there's smart. yeah, good yeah, point. there's certainly rivers that we you know we've hosted paddles on the Uwari River, mm -hmm. where you have to certainly plan around weather events because yeah. as y'all have done, I'm sure the Uwari River many times mm -hmm. on a really safe, super dry weekend. Good luck. You're gonna be dragging your boat across oh, yeah. rocks yeah. the entire way. And then we have a property, and I'll talk about, you know, why we're invested in paddling and, and what the land trust has done and who we are for new listeners uh, here in a second. But we own a property on Low Water Bridge Road. Okay. Um, we're surrounding that river access point, and it's called Low Water Bridge Road because there's a bridge that's very low. Yep. When it rains, that bridge is probably underwater 20% of the time. Yeah. I mean, especially now. You know, it's underwater all the time, and it gets dangerous. Um, so it's, it's certainly, I mean, you have to, to be a paddler and be as serious about it as you guys are. I mean, you kind of have to be a meteorologist as well yes. and a hydrologist and yeah, all kinds of stuff. definitely a science to mm -hmm, it. For sure. One, uh, one resource uh, your viewers should know about is American Whitewater. Unfortunately, there is not this resource for flatwater rivers, but American Whitewater has mapped every navigable accessible whitewater river in america wow. all 50 states hunting creek's not in there because they have access issues there's a whitewater portion kind of up top mm -hmm. um there's no good there's no access you know reliable access to so they don't want to put it on there until they secure that but if you know if you know what river you want to paddle you can check out american whitewater it'll give you a minimum maximum yeah level and then a source you know a gauge source so you can look at the usgs gauge Start learning the river, and then maybe start out low on a river. You know, work your way up. Get to know it as it goes up, because things can change. You know, eight inches of river. A lot of times they'll put those gauges at a constricted place on yep. the river, so they can maximize the difference you see on the gauge. Well, that may be a twenty-yard section of the whole river. So if it's gone up six inches, you know, where you're at, in the big fat wide part of the put in, it may be like rocking and rolling may have gone up that's a great that's mm -hmm. a great point that we've never talked about on here before yeah those gauges are almost always at the most restrictive point yep. where they can get the most fluctuation the yep. best reading um so yeah it makes a huge difference and we even i took you duck hunting in a place one time mm -hmm. where i was like look when this gauge hits x number of feet your motor ain't going to pull mm -hmm. going upstream 
it's just not yeah. an electric motor. I was like, we're <laughs> not going to do it. And we were like teetering at the, at the point of it's going to hit this. And it right. hit it while we were there. Yeah. Um, but it was like, we knew we were going to leave about the time it was going to hit it. So we went in anyways and it was fine. But nice. yeah, we're running the motor and paddling. Yeah, manpower and electric power all in the same. I think I know where you were, but I'll ask you later. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, can't tell that's it on here. Mm-mm, can't tell it. I but love it. for people that um, follow the River Kings and may come to this episode uh, of our podcast because you're following Pete, uh, I'm going to tell a little bit about the land trust, who we are, sure. and and why we're even having paddles in the first place and you know what a land trust even is so uh we're a land conservation organization that services 15 counties here in north carolina we used to we used to uh work in 10 counties up until about two years ago um, just the central piedmont area but merged with a different land trust and took over five counties in the sand hills so the three rivers was a rebranding during that merger um, and those three river basins in which we work are the Cape Fear, the Atkin PD, and the Lumber River. So um, one thing that this staff has done is really try to, I mean, <laughs> Nikki, I mean, it's just work as many events as possible right now, especially during COVID. Uh, we're working a lot of weekends uh, trying to get people outside to enjoy our natural resources here and to engage with us. Uh, and we've, by kind of chasing that model, we've really grown as an organization and uh, have built some authenticity as outdoors people of all kinds. You know, it's not only, we're not only a paddling group. We, you know, we have programs for hikers and uh, we have hikes, hikes and host hikes and we host archery events and we host, hunt, we have a hunting program. And with anybody that's under the umbrella of conservation, we try to cater to and everybody's welcome because we want everybody to be working together to conserve land. So um, back to paddling, one thing that we've done uh, just to tout one, our authenticity and, and why we, why we do the work that we do and host paddles like this is we've done, let's, I'll start with this paddle trip in particular. So Along the Yadkin River, it's been one of our focal areas for, we've been around for 26 years. Um, in 2019, we closed on 2,400 acres of the Alcoa lands, okay. um, which is pretty much from Highway 601, kind of above the merger of the South Yadkin and Yadkin Rivers, all the way down to High Rock Lake. We protected 2,400 acres that's now owned, we helped to, with the state of North Carolina and other agencies, um, raised millions of dollars and conserve that 2,400 acres so that when you do this paddle, if you uh, sign up with us, you're not going to be passing a bunch of houses. You're going to be passing conserved land all the way down. That's going to be conserved and protected forever. It's going to be green space. It's publicly accessible um, and an awesome resource for the people of North Carolina. On that same paddle trip, you're going to pass a fee-owned property, the point property owned by us that's managed by Cody and to a degree myself that we're very proud of and have put in a lot of work to be kind of a beacon of what sound management for wildlife looks like. Um, I mean, if you go in and put in at the 601 launch off mm-hmm. of the South Yakin and float down to the camping spot where we're going to be at the, at the intersection of the South Yakin and Yakin River, you pass one house yeah. on that whole float. And that's in a large part due to Three Rivers Land Trust and the work that we've done. So when we set up this paddle in the first place, it was, really just to not only to have fun and get people outside and provide a, 
opportunity for people to enjoy the land that we've conserved, but also to show people the land that we've conserved. I mean, you know, it's, uh, we want people to see it because until you actually see it, it, what is, it's just abstract. Sure. Um, and when you're on the river and you're floating for miles and you're seeing green space and you're not seeing homes, you realize, you know, Oh wow, this is really, this is really something. Yeah. Um, so we've on the Yadkin river, Cody was instrumental in just landing the Hannah ferry. I'm sure you guys have both launched there or took out there numerous times over the years. Now, where are you from exactly, Pete? Burlington area. Burlington. So I'm sure you've took out at Hannah's Ferry what locals call the pump station. Um, That's where the the confluence of the South Yakin and Yakin. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. So for years, that was a launch site, uh, vessel retrieval site, um, was originally Hannah's Ferry. you know, a hundred years ago. And then the Crowther family, they owned that property and they allowed access um, to the public to access the river for fishing and boat launch and retrieval. Alcoa power generating came in. They needed X number of sites for their relicensing. You know, part of their licensing agreement to operate dams is, is uh, recreation. Right. So they, operated that site, picked up the trash, you know, kept it maintained to a degree. But really, this is a handshake deal between the Crowther family. And there family. was never, yeah, yeah, there was never anything. And a corporation, yeah. In writing, gotcha. saying this is going to be perpetual. Mm-hmm. But over the years, people just assumed, you know, generation after generation used this launch. And people just like, oh, this is a launch that's always been here. It's always here. Yeah. And this is where we go. Well, unbeknownst to the public it was about to go away. Um, a couple of years ago, I got a phone call from a, from a guy that said, Hey, you, there's a such and such blocking the ramp and I can't put my boat in. What's the deal? And I was wondering, why are you calling me? Right. I don't know. And I do some, some research and find out, you know, I knew that the Crowther family had a conservation easement with us on that piece of property and come to find, and, and a little even more than just a conservation easement. But come to find out that Alcoa had decided they weren't going to operate that site anymore, so nobody was maintaining it, nobody was enforcing it, nobody was keeping it up. And the Crowther family uh, long since vacated keeping it up themselves with Alcoa keeping it up. So, And why would they? That's not really their job. So I do some digging into it and wind up talking with the Crowther family with uh, our executive director. Um, He did most of the talks with them. And uh, they agreed that, yes, we want this site. Our, you know, our, our dad, our grandfather, mm-hmm. they wanted the public to be able to see the river and use this site. And so we want it open. And so we were able to connect them with the Wildlife Resources Commission and with us and with the clean water folks who also had a vested interest in that property in order to exterminate the conservation easement on that portion that the boat ramp sits on so it can be available for improvements such as you know a new parking lot um you know some water control in the boat launch area so it's not sediment in and that kind of thing just minor things no development but you know the minor things that you need to have a nice boat launch yeah and so after about three years we finally closed the deal on that thing so it's now perpetually owned by the state of north carolina the wildlife resources commission it will be a boat launch forever, as far as I know, unless the Wildlife Commission 
drastically changes their their mission yeah. statement. And so that's great news for the public of North Carolina, the paddler, yeah. the fisher, the hunter, anyone who's accessing the river for whatever reason, that's great news for you. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, I'm not going to say all th- because of Three Rivers, but the Crowther family and Three Rivers played an integral part in, yeah. in making that boat launch happen. And you as a user probably didn't even know that it was even going on. And yeah, I think that's the, I mean, I think that's the point. And that's why we have these paddles. It's, and we're having discussions about it is, you know, it's easy to take what's there for granted. Yeah. And um, a lot of hard work has gone into raising money to protect the 2,400 acres that you're going to be paddling along. I mean, a, a lot of money, Oh yeah. a lot of money and a lot of years and, and hours spent working on this project. It was our biggest project. And in 2019, it closed. And then that gave us the option to get a two-year extension to try to close the section below High Rock the on the eastern shore of Tuckertown Reservoir. Mm-hmm. There's another 2,300 acres or so, 2,400 acres, that we now have first right of refusal with the state of North Carolina to try to purchase as well. Nice. Um, in September of 2021, that, that expires. So we have until September 2021 to raise the $8 million plus dollars that it takes to close that as yeah. well. But that's what Three Rivers is doing just on the Yagin alone, along with we played a role in some conservation at York Hill. The, go- the goal is not to privatize anything. Uh-huh. It's to always be public gotcha. like it is now. So yeah. same and with that, undeveloped. Same yeah. with that boat launch. Like, you know, you say we're raising money to close it. It sounds like we're raising money to purchase it, to conserve, and just own it and keep sure. it to ourselves. But that's not the case. Right. Um, so just want to be clear on that. But, yeah, continue yeah. with your – yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. Story. That 2,400 acres that we, that was money. The, the way the land trust contributed was we privately fundraised for a property that we closed on, that we turned all the money that we fundraised and gave it to the state of North Carolina to purchase that. We have no ownership. We just, that's, right you know, yeah. so I think that's a good It aligns point. with our mission of conservation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and a I roundabout can, way yeah. to do it. I can mm-hmm. say uh, paddling all over. You can tell when there's been a neglect for conservation on a river because mm-hmm. um, it will uh, inevitably lead to, like, shantytown along the banks. Mm-hmm. And one perfect example is the Greenbrier in West Virginia. I started to say, you ever been yeah. to West Virginia? Yeah, West Virginia is amazing. <laughs> but the downside is, you know, anyway, the top portion of that is it's the longest undammed river east of the Mississippi. So um, when they put the Bluestone Dam in on the new river, they intentionally did not catch below the confluence because the coal industry was running trains up down the Greenbrier. So they put the dam just for the new river. Mm-hmm. So in modern era, there's a lot of talk because, you know, they can check water levels with dams and, and keep flooding. You know, there's a lot of control they can have with that. The downside is that, you know, you'll lose the river. So you kind of make a lot of balance. But as you come down the Greenbrier, you go from one of the most pristine mountain settings um, not through necessarily all conservation. It's just, it's so steep you can't develop it. And so it's really remote. But as you come in towards the lowland, as the river gets wider, it's um, like there's just a little fish house camps all the way down. It just destroys the experience for you. Contrast that with something like the Namakagan St. Croix Rivers up in Wisconsin, um, uh, right there with the border with Minnesota. It's, it was the first, I think, National Wild and Scenic River, and whatever development was there after the government bought it, they took it out. You know, houses, anything along the way is gone. There's a couple houses. 
think the whole 150 miles we saw like four houses. But um, if you've never paddled in a, in a place like that, it, it slaps you in the face. Like it's fun to be on like a, a river that goes remote, then maybe comes into a town and you kind of refuel. But when you can go 150 miles and there's no town, there's no house. You're in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And um, and but it's also they maintain sites for campers. They re- they prefer you to stay on the site. In some areas, I think they require it. But um, people just don't know. I've also known a, a big, complete lack of understanding about how like trespass laws work. Mm-hmm. Someone owns every piece of land <laughs> mm-hmm. on this planet. Someone owns it, at least in America. Mm-hmm. Someone owns it. So like, well, if no one owns it, it's on the river. No, someone owns it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. Uh, well, they they own it. I don't see why we can't just use it. It's like, well, they see why you can't just mm-hmm. use it. Yeah. You know? we, so there's a big conversation. I'm sure y'all get it, but um, we could do a whole water. podcast oh, yeah. on on stream access laws yes. and and so blue laws in general. Take but. Hunting Creek for example. I know one outfit that is running trips up there regularly, and there's no access for it, so they're like door knocking each time. But they're trying to take people. They're not taking money for the trips, but they're taking newer paddlers out there, and so they've had armed landowner conflicts and uh and then they'll you'll hear the banter and some guy running around his property with an ar blah 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 and i was like well that's not illegal mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you can run around your own property they are mm-hmm. but the conflict is happening the landowner doesn't want him there landowner doesn't own the river the paddler doesn't want him there the land the paddler thinks he owns the river mm-hmm. you know it's so and there's log jams in invariably from time to time and they're on video portaging a log jam on trespassed land and like, no, well, we had to portage. They, they need to understand that. It's like, no, that's not how it works. It's like, yeah. so understanding, I think, from all sides that if you don't have access to the land, you don't have access to the land. There's mm-hmm. no magic yep. wand you can wave because I'm here and I want to. I can use your land. Mm-hmm. So what y'all are doing is so overlooked by the, I mean, I'm a landowner, so I know. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want people just traipsing around on my property. Nobody does. But no one mm-hmm. does. Nobody but if does. you want to, if you're wanting to enjoy yourself, a lot of people just expect they can use whatever property's there. So, um, like you said, they take it for granted. That's a hundred percent true. In the whitewater community, there's a lot of a lot of activists. Um, I say I say it in a good way, that are always working with, sometimes against the state or the Fed, whatever, to maintain those recreational opportunities getting just where do you park your car to put in mm-hmm. and so i know up on the green river that's one of the best rivers on the planet classified paddling they just it took them i think 15 years but they finally secured a parking lot where it's a permanent parking lot now that you could park otherwise you can't park it's yep, you know it's private they've had some parking spaces and you buy a key to help support the ongoing leasing of it but they got all the money now they've got the permanent place so um it's a big deal to have folks like your outfit out there yeah, making I, these opportunities available and people don't even know what you're doing, how you're doing it. So it's definitely important. Yeah, sure. I would say the Yakin River stretch that y'all are, y'all are going to do is not the most thrilling like paddle, like adrenaline pumping paddle that you're yeah. ever going to be on. But I think there's a few reasons that we all go out and enjoy nature the way that we do. Um, some people are seeking that adrenaline rush, but I think everybody is seeking Solitary, an escape. Yeah and a solitude and a connection with nature. Yep. And if you go and do a battle and you're, you're hearing cars honking and you're looking at people's backyards and seeing their chain link fence and stuff, yep. the, that illusion of escape is kind of ruined a little bit. Yep. Um, 
so as I mean, well as just general health of the river sometimes. 100%. Yeah, people, what they're, what they're doing at the banks or, or not doing, you know, it's uh, the health of the river is impacted when you have, when you can have some places set aside, go in here, take out there. Mm-hmm. Conflicts are down. Everyone's happy. Yeah. It's just, yep, I totally agree. Totally I think agree. another one, which y'all have done and I've brought up, um, but it's, again, it's another focal area of our organization is the Uori River. So where the Uori River and the Yagin River merge is where the Petey River begins. Right. So um, I hate that. How do you feel about that? I dis- I dislike that. Who right. came up with that? I don't. So are you all familiar with stream order? Uh-huh. Yep. So I'm just OCD enough that it just anybody with a brain knows that the primary stream order river should keep its name. We've totally, talked, we've totally talked, with you. We've talked we about this a million if, times. If yeah. you go to Tennessee, I just did a video on the Obed. It's in the plateau, the Cumberland Plateau there in Tennessee. An amazing geological, even if you don't paddle, y'all should go hike. There's yep. hunting, I think. I'm thinking there's hunting you can do there. But um, go check it out. Amazing place. Canyon walls wow. all for miles and miles and miles. And you're on Daddy's Creek. Amazing white water, amazing scenery. And then you hit the Obed River. And Daddy's Creek is bigger than the Obed River. But Daddy's Creek becomes the Obed River. And I was like, I was like twitching a little Don't bit. Don't care for and, it. Mm-hmm. Eh. Well, you go down a little bit further, the Obed's getting bigger and bigger. It's just a phenomenal river. And then you hit something about the size of, I don't know, it's probably 20 feet wide. Like one fifteenth the size of the Obed. And, uh, and then it becomes that river. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of it. Um, yeah, uh, not into you that. told me, but the, but Kirk, the guy told me, he's that's his backyard. He was talking about Obadiah was the big explorer, so he had the Obed. Mm-hmm. And then this this other guy was a bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. And he wanted the river from there down as it came out. Is that of what you would name a creek after yourself? Yeah. Daddy's Creek? No. <laughs> but yeah, so I asked Kirk about it because Kirk's a geologist. He's got his degree, and he's just amazing source of knowledge and all things. And I'm like, I want there to be a rhyme and reason. In some places, it, there is. Mm-hmm. Most of the place there is, but when you get to bigger rivers, like the, the Hall and the Deep Creek converge and it becomes Cape Fear. Cape mm-hmm. Fear, like well, were they exactly the same primary, you know, stream order? No, it's just someone decides. Yep. And he says, "Don't go to Mexico." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Everybody yeah, names like, it whatever." Literally, a bridge is like, is an important part of their culture. Oh, on one side of the bridge, it's such and such river. And on the other side well, of the, the bridge, the rivers literally are renamed from bridge to bridge. Oh, no, <laughs> no. it's like, and some bridges, they, he's like laughing, but some bridges, I guess don't, they're not worthy of a name change on the river. So you like the rivers from here to here is called something from here to there. It's like not even close to the same thing. You just got to know where you are. I was like, no, nah, that's terrible. I'm with you. Yeah. You have a, it. you have a whole thing about renaming. We've, we've had this discussion <laughs> about, um, like if I was in control of the DOT, here's what I would do. But I feel like I know your number one thing, which would be you rename all roads from where they're going to where they're ending, and yep. where they're on either side. So it's like the like Glendon Carthage Road, yeah, the Salisbury example. to Moxville Road, or something yeah. like that. You know, instead of U.S. Highway 601, mm-hmm. and then it becomes Jake Alexander. Yeah, well, that's... yeah. This is another thing I've dealt with. All those are old colonial trading paths. Yep, and that was just whoever they could get from one place to another. My seventh great grandfather built some of the roads on uh, Deep Creek near Coal Ridge, and uh, he lived there as Beck's Ford and all. And so 
we still use the same exact road that was pre-Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. It's the same road. Yep. If you go to Alaska or anywhere where the concept of city planning took form before the city was planned um, or built, all roads that go north-south are aided or, you know, numbered all mm-hmm. the east-west are lettered. Yep. And you know exactly where you are all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, how, that's how Montana works. Yeah, exactly. And anywhere out west. Everything's in squares. And it's like it, you're just used to it. Yep. My friends that come here from out there, how do you know where you are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just go. Keep going. Let's figure it out. Something. Yep, Siri. Yeah. Gaz- gazetteer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the gazetteer. That's a hot tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a hot tip. Yeah. If you're we sure. both have one. I'd like to get my hands on yours. No Cody's way. got Cody's It'll get, be buried in my coffin. Yeah, bro. Cody's got all this. It's got everything. Mm-hmm. Everything oh, that a man needs to know. The burn spots. Mm-hmm. It's got just got it's the good stuff. Yeah, oh. yeah, the, the spots that could potentially be burned forever. Mm-hmm. The burn, the There's burn a, book. You're not the only one. Jeremy Harrell, who's a uh-huh. conservation officer, uh-huh. he's 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 figuring out a way to get a warrant and get that thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he wants it for trout trout spots. The uh, the Uwari River, which I was talking about a second ago, just again, just going back to some of the things that we've done, which I'm proud of and, and think it's worth saying, because anybody who I think will have a lot of people who like to paddle here in North Carolina or beyond North Carolina listening to this, and we have some great rivers that we should share. Um, the Land Trust has done many things along the Uwari River to help access. Uh, the first being we own a 1,500-acre fee-owned property um, and we opened up access with the state of North Carolina with the Wildlife Resource Commission in 2012 uh, at the Low Water Bridge mm-hmm. Road access point. Um, so that's a, I mean, that's a love to death river access spot. Yeah, almost love to death. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a great spot. I mean, it is. And um, a, a, any Saturday you go down there, it's going to be popping. Yeah. Um, from there, we played a role in the addition of the Highway 109 access the land trust did, which the state owns. The North Carolina Wildlife Resource Commission owns and operates off of Highway 109. It was an abandoned roadbed. Mm-hmm. The old 109. Yep. Yeah. So from there, you go from Low Water Bridge down to 109, and then from 109, you go down to the Capel Tract. The land trust purchased the Capel Tract, and that's where the Yadkin or where the Yadkin River meets the Uwari River and becomes the PD above Tillery. Yeah. So we purchased that. The land trust actually went into debt. Buying that yeah, property. Yeah, took out a lien uh-huh. to get it, hmm. bought it, and then sold it at a deeply discounted rate, like millions discounted oh, wow. to the state so they could own it for game lands, public access on the land, nice. but also boat launch. So and there's a new boat launch there. So the three boat launches there on the Uwari River, the land trust played a role in every single one of them. So I think it's worth noting because, I mean, that's a that's a very popular and It's a whole river that you would not access without – you know, an organization such as ours trying to get yep. you some access. Yeah, and I haven't even, I mean, I didn't even say anything about, that's all just access. But, I mean, we're a land conservation organization along with riparian corridors as well. So we've conserved land all along that stretch yeah. as well. So it's not only have we provided access, but we've provided that that riparian buffer that makes the paddle trip fun in the first place yeah. and gives you that illusion See, of escape. You, yep. you ready for a segue? Yeah, go oh, ahead. i got a good one. Please. Uh, this is for both of you. Well, it's for everybody. Even you, Nikki. This is for everybody. So, talking about repairing corridors. So, as humans, historically, rivers have been the kind of a, a really easy, great mode of travel. Yeah. Um, and cities have popped up around rivers and commerce, and same for wildlife. So we're we're lacking these migration corridors that are continual, and 
that's one thing that land trusts all across the nation are trying to do. We're trying to get continuity back for yeah. migration corridors. Like you mentioned, going to Alaska and hunting caribou. Mm-hmm. So, so that caribou herd, which I'm assuming was probably the 40-mile herd that you were probably hunting. Uh, no, it was the one up uh, out of Cuspe. Okay, so there's only three. Yep. So you were hunting the the second largest one. Yep. So It was the largest at the time. Okay, so a little yep. harder hunting. But if it was large at the time, I guess maybe not. But still, tough. Yeah. But there's used to, there were millions of herds of them. And because of continuity issues and their migration routes being dissected and bisected, we lost them. So the thing with riparian corridors, here's where it's coming around. We're able to still keep some of that continuity by, you know, just preserving what's right along, conserving yeah. right along right. the stream. So what's the coolest, weirdest thing you've saw, not human, but animal-wise on the riverbank? Because working around river properties, being on the river all the time, we see critters that people don't think are here. Right. Um, seeing black bears in the Piedmont of North Carolina because that's where young males like to travel. It's the one place that's not developed. Yep. They'll follow the river. It's yep. like a highway. So what's something cool that you've seen on, on one of your many adventures? What's, what's some um, cool things that you've seen? Well, just from the last trip, we had uh, two neat things and one funny thing. Uh, Brenda, which is Brian Diller's wife, was sleeping, and she's always getting sketched out about little animals and stuff, raccoons and whatnot. Well, she heard someone messing with her at about 3 in the morning. Figured one of the guys had to get up and use the bathroom was just going to play a prank on her, probably her husband. And so she's like, just listening, and then she hears like the, the breathing. She's like, maybe it's a wild boar. So she just froze mm-hmm. up, sitting there, you know, sitting there hammock. And it was coming up. She's like, that's got to be one of the guys. And it kind of bumped her a little bit while she was in her hammock. And then she could smell the wet hair. No like way. A, like a stinky animal. And, uh, well, it went on its way. In the morning, um, her step-out pad out of her hammock, she had a white one. There's a, a bear paw. No it was a, it was way. It a cub, but it was, it was a bear. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that's pretty cool. But then later in the trip, we actually saw Momo on the riverside, which a lot of people don't believe in Momo. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. You the, know what you're talking about? That's the Missouri Monster. Obviously, oh, is that right? Watch it's, that video. It's, I haven't watched, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't uh-uh. watched that one. I haven't watched it yet. But, um, it's part, uh, Teasers. Yeah. Well, you have to watch the video, but Momo is sort of like Sasquatch in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm tracking. We got the first ever documented video proof of Momo's existence. Oh, I'm going to have to look this yeah, up. What's the out. title of this video? Current River. Current River. Yep. Okay. Okay. I think it's part one, yeah. I believe it's part one. Part one. Well, there's only two parts. There's right? only two parts. So, yeah, yep. it's part one. How part about one. you, Shane? Book- All right, he's seen, he's seen a one of a kind. Top that. I mean, first <laughs> documented. <laughs> I, I can't top that. I've had, I've had two, two kind of pretty cool things. We were on the James River a couple of years ago, and a bear just come walking through camp um, where we was just down the river a little piece. Like, you know, he's, hey, this is my area. Y'all need to get up and get out of here. And then we had the same thing. I was on the New River 2016, 2017, and we had just got on. We had just pulled off on the side of the river and set up bank. We were in the, um, I think, we were in the state park area, mm-hmm. New River State Park. And a deer just walks. You could hear something coming through the woods, and, and I knew it was fairly bigger. And he just walked in and looked at us like, why are y'all here? Mm-hmm. Because this is where I go to the creek every night and get my drink of water, and y'all <laughs> mm-hmm. are in my way, and I get out of here. And he looked at me for like three or four minutes, just stared at me, and then, and we had a little conversation. And I, you know, I don't know if he understood what I was saying, but he turned around and walked off and just went back up in the woods. And I was like, 
I guess we were in his spot tonight. Mm-hmm. But that I thought it was pretty cool because he just kind of hung out with us for a minute. Yeah, cool. Cody, I know you're dying. Uh, no, skip me. What would you see? I've, I've seen all kinds of stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that's the point. I like, mean, it's, you know, you see, that's like we talk about going duck hunting or turkey hunting. I think there's something hunting. here that's going to damage your credibility. No. Uh, no, I haven't seen anything. An nope, I haven't seen anything that didn't happen. <laughs> I haven't seen anything that's not documented. Okay. Um, but I have seen some rare some rare critters uh, for the Piedmont black bears in particular. Yeah. Um, never a, a panther or a cougar or anything <laughs> crazy. But yeah. – um, seen some cool stuff, uh, a lot of cool stuff on the river. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the point. You know, you again with going out on the river and why you do it in the first place, and why conserved areas or protected areas along these rivers are important is we're all going out there in the hopes of seeing something that you don't normally see, and that's yeah. you know the, whether it's hunting and hiking or paddling or whatever it may be. So that's that's part of the deal. So yeah, all of the coolest things I've ever seen have been on adventures like that usually in riparian areas and you see all the critters that you don't normally get a get a get your eyes on so i mean you could go down the list and name any single one of them yeah i'd say the most unique one i've seen on the river is a mink um because we just don't have that many of them around here and you do see they are here yep and i've seen them on the yak and i've seen them on the uari um so it's pretty neat Mm -hmm. neat critter to see when you're paddling mikey got bumped by a beaver in her kayak time or two what you got nikki What'd you show me out on my third day at the land trust? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. A flying squirrel? Oh, yeah. Right there at the point property. Yep, I remember that. That's right. Sure enough. We got a pile of them. I've yeah. never seen a flying squirrel in person. I could show you a pile because the point <laughs> where you guys are right across the river from where you're going to be camping is absolutely covered is up. Is it with really? Them. Yeah, well, I've never seen so like many. See There's a pile. Mm-hmm. A pile nice. of them. Mm-hmm. It's that good management I think over there. I'll just throw this out. I think. I think you two guys owe it to yourself to come on a River King trip. Like I'd love to. Trip. Yeah, it'd be super fun, I'd man. I'd love to. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be – and I, this is why I wouldn't come if I didn't come. I'd feel undergeared. I don't like feeling undergeared. Like, you guys probably got this. <laughs> <just, laughs> okay. See, I'm going to show up with stuff that I camped with from college, and you mm-hmm. guys are going to be like, oh, well, that's crap. This is what you need. Mm-hmm. Bring a clean shirt and a clean pair of drawers. <laughs> well, that, that's – house. He's got everything else you need. Uh, I'm into shopping at Pete's house. <laughs> what go. I said to uh, I, on our last episode, Cody loves bringing it up, but I'll bring it up again because on our last episode, Cody was asking like, "What's your, what's your guilty pleasure that you like to bring on your camping trip or whatever whenever you go paddling?" Because Sam's got a weird one, and I always take a pillow with me, like a full size oh. pillow. That's my. That's my, my face. Yeah, I know. Y'all, you you can leave. Cody on the trip. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. don't bring a pillow, Heck no. Yes. Right, we'll do a trip. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two kinds of people, pillowers and non-pillowers. Dude, <laughs> totally with you. <laughs> oh, man. You. It's my guilty pleasure. Do you have one? I don't take one. You, um, no, do you have a guilty pleasure, though? Like a pack of oh, list guilty um, pleasure? A chair. A okay. chair. Like It's a backpacker ultralight thing. But, um, That's a good one. Well, I'd rather I, have a log. I would say but. that there's a lot of different ways to camp that border on existing dude i'm more on the end of existing like i like to have less and just make it yes i don't need i don't need mindset i don't need every single comfort uh, Mm -hmm. military job um there's no there's no i mean your backpack yeah yeah your ruck is so heavy already with essentially you're not bringing anything you're not sitting in a chair anyway so we would go out and literally you'd be walking to go hit a target or something and this is where we're staying for now. So you just sit up against a tree 
Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't your turn to sit laying in the prone watching the woods for evil raccoons or something, then you just lay in the dirt and in the morning you wake up and start walking again. You don't set anything up. You don't even take your shoes off. You know, it's just yeah. there. And so if you would just understand that that's on the menu for one way mm-hmm. to do it, everything else oh, yeah. is just how do you want to spend your time. That's how this. I feel. My buddies hate me for it. Yeah. It's like the menu is we're going to be there. So, yeah, if you're good <laughs> with like just as little to take with you as possible, other people want the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. And that's actually a funny thing. When someone gets into camping with me, I can, I can watch them like – they go out, it looked like they just put their arm in the shelf and went by Walmart and just took one cart at a time each Saturday. All the, <laughs> I was like, some of this is like, it's like fishing lures. Some of them catch fish, some of them catch fishermen. You know, so they went out there and just took all, you know, you're not going to need that. You're not going to leave mm-hmm. that home, leave that home. All you need is a rooster trips. tail. You're good. Yeah, you want, you <laughs> yeah. never pull that out of the boat. You mm-hmm. never pull that out. If, take that if you want. But it's just a matter of how you want to spend your time. And, oh, yeah. I mean, so, I yeah. think when it, like, the pillow thing is somewhat of an off-brand thing because I'll go. I'd rather I'd rather not have a chair. I mean, there's a lot of things that I leave. I've just come. I've camped so much that I found that like, oh, I sleep really good when I have it. It's not that big yeah. of a deal to bring it. There I'm bringing it. Yeah, I'm bringing it. So I have. I mean, I got a solar power kit that runs mm-hmm. all my that runs. It's waterproof. Stays on the outside of my boat. Mm-hmm. And so I I have a lot of uh, like electronic accoutrements that I mean it's weight. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. I am not in the I have ultralight stuff, but I don't. I would be like shunned by the ultralight community if they ever went on a trip. Well, that's the good thing about kayak camping (laughs) and and canoe camping is yeah, you don't have to worry about the weight. You can pack whatever your boat's rated at and be good. (laughs) I made I gave an aneurysm to a lot of backpackers a couple years ago. We did a pack rafting trip. I don't know if you ever heard of a pack raft. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm into I'm into it. I would love to own one. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're expensive. Yeah, they are. Alpaca sent me the stuff. All I had to do was pay the shipping to get it back to him after the trip. But we went up top of Grandfather, hiked mm-hmm. the Chutes and Ladders Trail to the top of Callaway Peak, then broke off the south face and bushwhacked down the front side till I found the spring head of Wilson Creek, mm-hmm. which is a National Wild and Scenic River. Mm-hmm. And That's it was awesome. like like just a trickle. Sam's like cross. thinking about that spot burning button right mm-hmm. now. And then, <laughs> so we bushwhacked the 35 miles just falling to the creek bed with – 65 pound packs that had the boats, the gear, the paddles, life jackets, helmets, and then all our backpacking stuff and everything else for the four or five days until we could blow the raft up. Then we put everything in it and went on. Yeah. But you can see some people like where we put on, incidentally, having to be Mortimer, a little town up there. I don't know if you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we know Mortimer. The, mm-hmm. the hot dog spot. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we could have left all the river stuff and the resupply with them, but those are like $1,500 a pop. And I, I kind of know those people. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, or we could have cached them, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere off a forest road. But then you're leaving $5,000 worth of stuff. Yeah. What if someone gets lucky and walks upon it? So um, we carried that the whole way. And people were like, you could have just left that and picked it up at the river. I was like, yeah, we could have. But it was part of the experience was yeah. walking up a mountain to the peak of the, one of the taller mountains in the area with a boat on your back. Yeah, that's awesome. And people mm-hmm. were like, what are you doing? We're like, isn't there a pond up here? Just mess with <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. no. yeah. Now y'all don't go, y'all don't paddle through the gorge, do you? Yeah. Y'all paddle through the gorge. Oh yeah. Y'all are wild. It's called unsanctioned. Yeah, y'all are wild. Yeah. what the gorge is, I paddle the gorge probably thirty times. It's probably the most paddle mm-hmm. run I do because it's easy, kind of mm-hmm. home. That's probably one of my favorite. My my twelve year old son paddled it last year for mm-hmm. the first time. That's big water. That was 
Those of the big water, that's small water. Is it? Yeah, that's kind that of was our safe That was our go-to in college was going to the gorge. Did you paddle? Yep, we did. Oh, mm-hmm. your whitewater mm-hmm. paddle? Yeah, well, I wouldn't call myself. I'm, no, I'm not in the same league with you guys, but I had a whitewater. Did, you, did you paddle the gorge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's like gorge? no, God oh, no. See, this is really working out even better. <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> this this is gonna be a great trip. Yeah, yeah. I, what I imagine is, what I imagine is, uh, that movie, a river runs through it, where uh, you're the McLeans and you and your brother go out. And oh, y'all, this is definitely uh-huh. how it was. And uh-huh. yeah, so when he says he paddled it, it's like he he went over to his neighbor's house and they stole his wooden boat, his wooden like no. John boat, and they put it in. And there's like we're shooting the shoots, we're going down the Can't Wilson shoot Creek the shoots, Paul. Yeah, we're shooting the gorge and we're going down the gorge, and you broke the boat all to pieces. Nope, that wasn't it. Uh-huh. No, this was college. We actually had decent stuff. Uh huh. Nice, decent stuff. Wasn't Do you what? whitewater paddle? No. Mm-mm. You look like a whitewater paddler. Oh, thanks, man. Is that a compliment? I, I think we should find out. I'd, I mean, I'd love to. It'd be fun. This, we're going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. I'm in it. I'm interested. My, uh, I'll be on Wilson Creek this year. I will tell you, my current kayak setup is not conducive to whitewater. I got you covered. It's, I got 27 kayaks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm not, why, I'm not bringing crap. When we, I'm not bringing anything. <laughs> a t-shirt and a pair of drawers. <laughs> okay. That's it. I'm not bringing anything. Yeah. So, and the, I take a lot of part of the channel this year, kind of segueing a little bit. Um, I was not into the whitewater as much over the recent years since my son and my daughter was born. I would still do it three, four times a year on something big and something of quality. And if I'm going to spend it, you know, get my little brownie points. I was saving all the brownie points for these long, multi-hundred mile, eight-day trips I was doing with the guys which none of my friends in the River Kings were paddlers before they paddled with me, like mm-hmm. zero experience. Mm-hmm. So each year the the river we could do got a little more exciting, and, you know, into some class, like class four stuff we were mm-hmm. doing. And, uh, and that's fun in the longboats. But then my son came to me, he wanted to be a whitewater paddler. Mm-hmm. And this was last year about January, February. One of the floods, the river was up, and he was looking at it. It's like, I got to get a piece of that to happen. I was like, okay. How old is he? He was 11 at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, then later in the day, he's like, I want to be a whitewater paddler. I was like, well, let's try it. He goes, no, I mean, like, not the sissy stuff, Dad. I want to, like, do the real stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're on. So we spent, and then COVID came. Uh-huh. I had the kids at the house. Well, we're not going to sit at the house. So we would just go five minutes to Saxbaha to the little lake, which is the Hall River dammed up, and, and just work on skills, skills, skills. Picked up um, Evan Spire and his dad Guy from the Coffee with the King event. And then we did their URI, had a great time with them. So I, little Evan, he was eight, was wanting to get into it too. So I had the little rippers with me. So the channel took a segue completely last year. I told all my friends, if you want to paddle with me this year, go buy your whitewater stuff because my, my, my son wants to do it and I'm not missing this opportunity. So basically I had two boys and a bunch of middle-aged men, a couple girls, that wanted to be whitewater paddlers. And their journey from the first day in the boat up to, by the end of summer, Pete's running 15-foot waterfalls with me and all that. Um, 11 years old. Well, he was 12. 12. He turned 12 in the spring. No, he's 12, man. But he, Not now 11, he's 13. 12. Like last weekend, he turned 13. So. <laughs> oh, um, man. So there's your Norman McLean type mm-hmm. story there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So seeing people seeing normal people doing or watching the progression, because whitewater is niche. Mm-hmm. They're the best kayaker in the world has like 50,000 subscribers and I got like 12 and I'm just a redneck from Alamance County. Mm-hmm. So, but cause I got the kayak camping side and 
if you go watch a guy fling himself off a hundred foot waterfall and you're not into kayaking, you're not even that doesn't resonate with you. You know, yeah. I'll never mm-hmm. do that. You're not going to watch him. But if you see a fifty year old man get in there with the wobbles, mm-hmm. and the next week he's a little better than they, and by the end of the summer he's running class three. It's like everyone's like, and they're having fun every time they swim a swimmer bell. Mm-hmm. And it's not to make fun of them. It's to this is part of it. It's not to be yep. ashamed of. It's just we're all there. We've all been there. It was. It's really has been fun, and I drew a lot of the kayak camping crowd into Whitewater on accident because they were already watching. And I know personally 65 people that bought Whitewater boats last year because <laughs> of the videos. And so it's been fun, and now that translates into the longboat trips. So now when the guys that are paddling with me at Whitewater, we go out and do a big long trip, I can do a more exciting river because they can handle themselves. But um, that connection, I guess, there was so little resource for the true newbie whitewater paddler the video how to paddle if you go watch any of the the mainstream how to be a kayaker how mm-hmm. to do this it's a no exaggeration it's an olympic champion paddler demonstrating a beginner skill mm-hmm. you're not going to learn from that because mm-hmm. that guy's so far removed from beginning yeah sure yeah it's he doesn't like even watching, know how to tell you yeah mm-hmm. he doesn't have he doesn't remember it's, it's it's like Jimi hendrix trying to tell you how to play the guitar yeah. yeah so but if i say well here's you know johnny whoever it may be, just a guy, and he's doing everything wrong, I freeze it. Here's why you're flipping. Here's mm-hmm. what he's doing. Everyone's like, oh, I got it. So it's been really good, um, I think, for the community just to have someone explain it on a super base level because I'm just documenting everyone's journey. I think that our listeners will probably come find you. If they hadn't already found you, they will come find you because of that. Do you? Do you remember our first event? That we is there a name popping in your head? Yes, there is. It starts with a W? Yes, it does. Okay. There's a first event that Cody had just, and I had just met each other. Um, and the first event we ever did with the Land Trust in early 2017 was a paddle trip on the Rocky on the River. Rocky, which is... You've paddled the Rocky. Rocky? Yes. I've never paddled that one. Dude, so flat water. Flat. Flat. Mm-hmm. It's paddling the whole way. It's work. Um, there's some... I mean, the higher up you go, there's some fun sections. But the section mm-hmm. we paddled... Mm-hmm. Just puddle water. Yeah. It's it's not exciting. It's like if you're going to float and fish or something, you know, it's yeah. cool. Um, pretty. But uh, was I? this is my first, like, group organized. Mm-hmm. And yours too, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was our first group organized together kayak trip, mm-hmm. which I've always been a fan of, like, trying to, like, not go with groups to do anything. Right. So I didn't know what to expect except for you can always pick out the couple of guys that, like that guy's going in for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, I've, I've got a keen eye for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we didn't know we did until <laughs> that day. Yeah, and then uh, so we we went and we put in and I mean we when I say I'm not a whitewater paddler, I'll go out in a kayak, but I'm not doing anything crazy by any means. But I'm not. I can handle my own. Um, but we were launching everybody off and sending them on their way, and it was maybe 30 seconds in if if. And we already had somebody swimming. Oh, yeah. And had to go in and go pull the kayak out and drain it and yeah. all that. And Sam we, and I we took were, a swim to go get the yak, yeah, get the paddle, mm-hmm. get the, his oh, snacks, yeah. and, and we're, <laughs> whatever other. And we're looking at each other like, oh, man. Trip. Yeah, we ain't even, yeah. I ain't even drug my boat down here yeah, yet. Dude, uh-huh. this is not going to be yeah. a fun time. Mm-hmm. We've definitely had, we, we did the Catawba last fall, and it was the rain had, it was up, it peaked, came down, it was on the upper limit of what I wanted to take on with the crew. Which meant it was above the upper limit of what some of the crew wanted to take uh-huh. on. They were like, Pete's saying it's okay. I guess we'll try, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, 
River King Greg got in there and I was like, whatever you do, don't get sideways on a rock. And we put in under the bridge and I put a timer. I think it was literally on the timer. It was like 31 seconds. Mm-hmm. He was Less swimming. <laughs> it was like, folks, sideways on a rock. <laughs> well, he's wet now, you yep. know, but just get back in and keep on going. It happens. But again, that story from 2017 is one that we still talk about yes. because it's just, you know, it's, it's the perfect amount of suck. <laughs> for it to be like nobody got hurt everything was just perfectly fine it yeah. was safe and that's like and somebody went for a swim and that's the worst thing that happened and we can still talk about it yep. and um yeah it's kind of best case scenario a little bit if you everything went just perfect yep and that's how much fun how much yeah. fun is that we talk about it all the time you gotta live your story mm-hmm. yep that's and great yeah that's, that's coming into this season i think we're gonna get back into the kayak camping side of things as well because uh, pete's at a level now and um but i missed the kayak we just didn't do much last year so getting him with this, you know, side of things is going to be good. Is he coming on the uh, the through paddle? Yes. Nice. Yep. Hey, Shane. Sir. What's the, uh, in our region, what's the best paddle trip in your opinion? What's like, whether it's an overnight, favorite river. That's exactly what I was about to ask these yeah. boys. Yep. Like just name, name one or two that you're like, if you're in these guys' area, Try this stretch or do this paddle. And you can't compare it to the West Virginia stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. In yeah. the land trust, probably my my favorite is the Uari. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the sec. I, I mean, I like both 109 or low water to 109 and then 109 to Dennis Road. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done some on the Rocky. That's okay uh, as well. But in y'all's area, I've never been on the lumber. But I have, we did a trip last summer, and this was what really kind of, we put in at Buckcord Dam. Two summers ago. Two summers ago. We put in at Buckcord Dam, and we went down to Irwin. 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 And from talking to people, the Cape Fear, I was like, nah, that's going to be flat. We're just going to, I'm going to fall asleep and just paddle the whole way down. But that river kind of really impressed me. Um, So if you're close to here, I'm going to say Uari. If you're maybe more east, I'm going to say Cape Fear because that section, Buckhorn down to Irwin, we spent the night on the river there, and that was pretty – there's some rapids there you yep. can have some fun in. All right, and we right had on. a tentative three-paddle planned for that exact section in July. So, of this uh, year? Yep. John Bartlett – Dr. John okay. Bartlett Campbell invited us all out to camp at Campbell's Pollinator Park. Awesome. So Cape Fear River Adventures and Lost Paddle, we've all kind of linked up and – Working on getting a paddle right through there. So, yeah, let me explain. Sam and I are the novices at this table when it comes to kayaking. Like, we know how to do it, and we've done it, and we have them. But everybody else at the table is talking over our heads at times. So if you're a listener and you're like, man, I don't know if I know. You can still sit and talk with these guys. I I thought it'd be nice to kind of add in uh, how I linked up with these guys and invited them into the land trust. So I started watching Shane as a flat water paddler that wanted to know more about our areas and places to paddle in our areas. And I ran into Shane at a Three Rivers event at a whiskey tour. And I literally had a fangirl moment where I was like, oh, I put it all together, like who he was. And I was like, you're monkeying around. Like it was a complete fangirl moment. (laughs) And I've picked on him ever since. Like, oh, my husband and I, we're your number one fans. Like we watch all your videos. And and that's how we linked. I started watching your videos was through Shane. Right on. So how did you, how did Shane and Pete, how did y'all get? Okay. So, um, the electrician. Well, I was originally, 
when I started these source to sea trips, um, I was in baby jail. I don't know if you're familiar with the term. Mm-mm. You have a baby in the house. I have a three. I have a three year old. You're currently. not going anywhere. You're mm-hmm. not doing anything. You can't make any noise. You're just you have to be there, mm-hmm. and you'll get that hour or two each day. I used to be around mothers that had young babies, and you walk in, hey, how are you doing? Like, shh, baby's asleep, and I'm always like, it's gonna be the baby will live through this. Mm-hmm. What I learned is that's not about the baby. Mm-hmm. This is her hour. Don't mess this up. You know. Mm-hmm. So I understood that. But it's I like would my lunch map break. Every river in the east for these long trips. There, every single riverbed on Google Earth is mapped with every waypoint, everything. Because I couldn't do anything, and the Yadkin was one. That's four hundred something miles, four hundred thirty miles, I think, from Kerskot to the to the coast. And so that was on the menu to look at, and I wanted to do that trip. And you YouTube, anyone else paying? And so there's two guys on YouTube doing Yadkin River trips, and then the full length. One. No, they they're just. They weren't any good at kayaking. They were just doing, they weren't any good at YouTube either, but they were on there. So I was watching them. Okay. And I was like, well, this guy's doing it, and then this guy's doing it. Also, now they're doing it together. So it's like, then it was Shane and Kev. <laughs> it was their first twist. year. Twist, plot twist. They both got into it the same time. They both got into YouTube the same time. And you could tell, like, this guy just started everything. That's funny. And I was just watching. I think I may have commented a couple times, like y'all, you know, y'all suck. encouraging things. Yeah, trolling them, <laughs> trolling them up. Yeah, yeah what are you troll. doing? That's totally I wrong. I did troll Shane one time. That's another funny story. I didn't troll him. I didn't Hashtag him suck. Out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Remember the throw rope you made? Yes. So he did. You made? You know what a throw rope is? Yeah. So oh, yeah. in safety, mm-hmm. you have a rope you can throw someone. Using a throw rope is you need to know how to use it. You, want, you don't always want to throw it. Sometimes it's better not to throw it. What do you do after you throw it? It's kind of. A thing. Well, they, they cost like $30. If you get a good one, it's like $60. Like a really top of the line. Well, Shane is, he was budget stuff on his channel. The budget, but The videos I would be probably watching. See, I like budget. that. Yeah. Hey, there ain't yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, there's most of the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was the <laughs> ultimate thing. <laughs> and then sometimes you get a Gatorade bottle and some 550 cord. Uh-huh. And you, was it wax or was it glue? What did you put down the bottom? Epoxy. Some weight, and I put a little piece of weight and some. He, he basically glued glue. the rope to whatever heavy thing was in the bottom of the Gatorade bottle and then stuffed all the 550 down in there. And then he put the lid on. It's like, it's a, it's a poor man's throw rope. I was like, you're going to kill somebody. So <laughs> he was like, throwing a brick at a guy. <laughs> the only thing out of the water is someone's face usually looking at you. <laughs> You're gonna land this brick. I had to say, bro, don't throw that thing. He wouldn't throw it. Tell him about the throw. Well, it was an ultimate fail. He would. <laughs> I, I mean, unless I could have just reached out and grabbed you. Nah. So, so the I, I know what the vision and was. Then the you vision. Feeling twine to hold on to in the river, you know. The vision was the Batman style grappling hook, where you throw yeah. it, it spirals out of the bottle, yeah. it goes exactly yeah. where you wanted That's it to. That's what the rope does. The yeah, it's got a nice handle on the bottom with a loop of rope, so you can, you know, if you need to. Yeah, I can see. I can see that. You're an dude. innovator. Yeah. I like where your head. Was I, I like where you were going I told with it. That's like way to go for it. Don't use this thing. Mm-hmm. That's the only the negative I've ever posted on. That's great. But it was. I got a kick out of watching. I got two throw ropes now. Yeah, he's ready. I think we. Um, I linked up with. Oh, so. Kevin and Shane were, were teamed up, and Shane was doing a lot of swimming. And Kevin wasn't doing any swimming, but uh-huh. Kevin wasn't doing any helping. So Kevin didn't know any better, <laughs> but Shane would dump and be like floundering, trying to and get He's laughing boat. at him in video. Yeah, they don't have any flotation in the boat, so when they mm-hmm. drop their 12-foot boat, what's your saying? A 12-foot boat. boat. Do, does anybody know how much water it'll hold? 500 gallons. 
12 feet of water. 12 feet of water. That's, no, <laughs> that 12 feet, the bottom. Yeah. Yep. So he was, um, he was always wrangling this thing, and Kevin would just be sitting there like, man, all right, he's in the water again. You know, can't do anything with it. But he would never lend a hand. I was like, man, this is the worst friend on the planet. He better. You know, because mm-hmm. he was new to it. He's like, at least you could maybe help him dump the boat. Oh. So after watching this for like that whole summer, uh, the beginning of the next summer, I told, I called Shane. I said, hey, I got a plan. You want to see Kevin swim? He goes, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to take him somewhere. I think he's going to swim. And he's like, you think he'll swim? I was like, no, he, I know he's going to swim. So I took him to Wilson Creek, low water, super low water run. Uh, they call it Elf Run, extra low flow. And it was his first day ever in a whitewater boat. He's just using all my forward gear. He swam 13 times. So, so I got him back for Shane. But we'd both known each other well since then and done a bunch of trips. And and uh, so I got I got onto their channel just from like you did. Who's been on the Yakin River? Paddling, I just was doing a little nice. recon, a little scary. I like your videos, man. I like somebody who isn't afraid to show themselves dumping and yeah, learning, and learning along the learning along yep. the way. Man. Fans of self-deprecation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and then I raced Wilson Creek this year, so um, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I learned a lesson years and years ago. When you get a new whitewater boat and you're going to get in meaningful water, it's best to be completely outfitted right. Mm-hmm. So. What would not be preferable is to say have Liquid Logic make you a custom boat that you put your big decals all over and looking real good, but not actually take a minute to outfit it, mm-hmm. and then enter a race last minute, mm-hmm. and then get down there when the crowds are lining the banks of the river, and then go through a hole, get flipped, and then come out of your outfitting, mm-hmm. but still be in the boat. But you can't roll it. Mm-hmm. And and another thing I learned is that when you're racing a kayak, it's like it's like racing on land, you're already out of breath mm-hmm. before you go underwater. So normally in that situation, and I've trained for it, uh, just being bored in my pond, I can get back in the outfitting. I can even put a skirt on underwater and then roll up. Mm-hmm. But not when you're like... Out of breath, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I was like, I was huffing and puffing just going down the river. Mm. When I hit, my eyeballs were coming out of my head. I'm like, I'm not in the boat. And I carped two rolls trying to get up and I swam. I was like, not today, not today. It'd been 13 years since I oh. swam. Wow. Oh, I swam. I swam like swam a champ hard. on race day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. Let's cover that sticker up, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I put it all on the video. River Kings, who's that? Yeah. yeah. So I'm 100% in agreement. If I do it, if you do it, if we, it's on the video. Mm-hmm. No one gets, pre- you know, preferential treatment. I don't put embarrassing things like that you wouldn't want on the video. Sure. But, but every swim, whether it's me or whoever, that's just part of it. I don't hide it. If I blow, if I blow a line and goof up, and it's on there, because mm-hmm. that's, and a lot of the real the good kayakers don't do that. Um, some of the pros they'll, they run in posse's that protect each other's image because it's so cutthroat to stay at the top. Mm-hmm. They don't want any beater lines ever to be shown to them. Sure. And then, but I, just stay away from all that. Just I'm a real human. Mm-hmm. I mess up. This is yeah. me swimming. If you're trying to be an Olympian, I guess I can see. Yeah. If, I can well, they're see. trying to keep that top spot, yeah. and it's hard to do so. Yeah, I can get that. I'm not. I'm tell just, uh, I'm just an old guy. everybody tell one good one. Uh, we got a couple minutes. Tell uh, tell one good good story. Doesn't matter from which paddling trip. If you got a good one that's just I don't know, funny or insightful, um, you start. Me? I got, I'm gonna try to think of one. And, while, and I can tell one while you're thinking if it helps. Give yeah. you a little time to mill one over. So, and I'm no expert paddler at all. Grew up 
you know, waiting for the creek to flood and stealing my dad's canoe mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Well, my wife and I took the uh, her entire side of the family. I'm from the you know Western North Carolina, where there is some white water, there's some mountains, there's that, and her family's from down east North Carolina, Lumberton area. So it's flat, black water, not moving water yeah. a lot of times. And so we took them up to the mountains on a little getaway trip, the whole family, and got the idea that, you know, we should rent some canoes, and it's on the New River. I mean, easy, you know, the section we were going to paddle is the New River State Park. Mm-hmm. Easy easy float for the most part, some little bitty ripples and, and things. And so it was uh, me, my wife, my sister-in-law, her two kids, my father-in-law, and my mother-in-law, and then this other couple that came with us and their kid. And I was in a canoe with my niece and nephew, and my wife and sister-in-law are in a canoe together. My father-in-law, mother-in-law are in a canoe together, and then the other couple and their kid are together. Well, the my niece and nephew, they're wanting to, let's go, let's get ahead of them. And so we're, you know, we're kind of leaving the pack behind and doing our own thing and paddling and trying to hit every little whitewater, you know, rough patch we could hit because, yeah. you know, with the kids, and we all got on life jackets and we're having a good time. And uh, I said, well, we should wait. We get around the bend in the river. And I said, well, we should wait. And you've probably been right through the stretch. Um, it's in between, I uh, forget the name of the road, but it's upstream of River Camp USA. And there's one little stretch of, I wouldn't call it anything. It's not even classified, but it's it's ripples. Yeah. And, uh, but, it, it, you know, if you're in a canoe and you didn't, hadn't been in a canoe very often and moving water, it, it could get tricky at times. And. So I was like, well, let's wait right here and make sure everybody comes through. So here comes my sister-in-law and my wife. They come through. The other couple comes through. Here comes my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. And keep in mind, they're in their 70s. And I see them getting a little wobbly, a little wobbly, a little more wobbly. And it's not deep. It's knee-deep. And I look at my niece and nephew. I said, y'all, y'all pay attention here. Something's about to happen. Yeah. They go over, roll the canoe, canoe, you know, It'll hold 12 feet of water kind of thing, straight to the bottom. And uh, my mother-in-law is standing there, and, and Mr. Ronnie, and, and he's standing there, and he looks at, at my mother-in-law and says, Miss Linda, I told you to keep the boat straight. <laughs> 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 so I paddle over there and help him get the canoe you know, upright, which is a chore when you're trying to get a sunken canoe out of moving oh, yeah. water. But I mean, there's a trick to it. But, uh, yeah, that was, my, that was my canoe story from – very early on, being married into the family, yeah. my idea to take the family on a canoe trip was probably not the best call. But they they still talk <laughs> they still talk about it. So, anyways, it was funny. Yeah, most of the good stories start with a bad decision. Yeah, and um, <laughs> we were doing the Catawba River um, above the lake. Okay, we're doing a through. It's a it's on the. We did it last fall, in November I think, October November, but we did. A lot of the whitewater stretch, which is low end whitewater, into the lake, James Lake, or Lake James. And then we portaged the dam and then ran that famous stretch coming out of the dam on down. And uh, a guy was joining us from Wisconsin, uh, I'm sorry, from Iowa. He joined us on our Wisconsin trip uh, a couple years prior. He was coming down to paddle with us, and he was he's a big guy, like full grown alpha beach master, sea lion kind of guy. <laughs> And, uh, Iowa man, corn corn. Yeah, yeah. And he's not. He's not. I wouldn't call him fat. He's just big. Big and bone. He's tall, like six foot plus. So he needs a big boat. And he was asking me, "What boat should I bring?" And I was like, "What do you have?" I got two choices. Like the first one's a sit on top. And I said, "Bring the other one." Yep. Just joking with you, you know, like sit on tops are notoriously usually not good. 
There's a couple of decent ones now. But he had another boat that would have worked. And I said, bring that one. And he, but he wanted to bring to sit on top. He's pontoon like, boat? It's come pontoon <laughs> style, yeah. And like 100 pounds. It's one of these heavy things. Mm. It's a fishing boat. I was mm-hmm. like, well, there's rapids. I was like, have you ever run rapids? And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's run what they call swifts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just ripples. It's not rapids that require maneuvering. Well, we get out there, and he's having a little trouble. And as it, it's picking up, but he's invested now. He just drove from Iowa, and he's on, he's on the trip. You can see him, like, he's way up in the air, just like. Yeah, top heavy. Oh, man, <laughs> he was having trouble. Boom. I was like, have you ever swam in rapids? We're having conversations. Yeah, 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 I've swam in rapids. It's no problem. You know, this, that, and the other. Well, he had never, he never had. And he got out there and flips in a rapid. <laughs> it's on. The water's brown, something he had never been used to because it's been mm-hmm. raining. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you know, trying. I was like, you're good, you're good. And I got kind of close to him. I got a little too close. He grabbed my boat. Just, yep. And he had that bear grip on there. I was like, mm-hmm. man, let go. Let go, man. <laughs> and so I was <laughs> to pop his fingers because I didn't want there to be Let go of my boat. And, uh, so finally, I said, grab, grab back. He was grabbing the front. I wanted to grab some. When he moved his hands, I put the paddle in his chest and pushed off of him just to give him some space. Yeah. He didn't. You don't understand that when you're a swimmer. You mm-hmm. want to hold on to something. Like, mm-hmm. no, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'll be close by. Well, he grabs a rock. He just needs to swim to shore. He's almost out of it. He grabs a rock, and he's holding on to the rock, and he gets pantsed. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he's in the river with the pants on. Mm-hmm. So I put the River King emblem in the video. <laughs> My battery dies right then, so I didn't. Uh, probably better, but I didn't get the the rest the of the recovery. Out. Mm-hmm. But we laughed about that all night. He goes, "Well, I guess maybe I've never paddled rapids before." <laughs> you have now. Like, These mm-hmm. aren't that big. You just, you just uh, got the wrong boat. But he's got another boat now. But, I guarantee it. Yeah, usually it's. You can see it coming. It's usually a bad decision, and it's usually only funny later. Yep. That's the that's a good story. Yep. That's a good one. Shane, what you got? Probably, you know, I, can, I could, like Pete, I could probably sit here and talk about this for days. Um, <laughs> Tether. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, right? You good? Yes. Tether. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> There is a um, there's a saying that Pete's mentioned several times that if you like your gear and you want to keep it, if it's on the top of your boat, you better tether it because the river's going to clean it off. And there's a section up on the new river that if you're interested in a uh, camera, there's one still floating around up there mm. somewhere under river. But we got um, I, I was up on on the new river several years back with Kevin and we had paddled and and I flipped coming through a, a set of uh, set of rapids. And when I mean I flipped, I mean I flipped. The gear was popping out of the boat. Stuff was cleaned off my deck. All kind of, it was a mess. And we but got, Kevin was waiting in the eddy for you. Yeah, he was waiting at the bottom. <laughs> Here he comes. He's coming to me. Try to swim towards is. me. Yeah, come over this way so I don't have to go very far. But uh, he helped me collect up all my gear. And, and, of course, this was late of an evening. And um, we finally got everything cleaned back up, got the boat emptied. Put all my gear back in it, got everything ready, pushed off down the river, and we had like 20 minutes till till sunset. And if you ever paddle with Kevin, he does not like to be on the river that late of a night. He wants to get off the river. And uh, we knew coming up we had a big island, and as we got close to the island, we could see, we could hear what sounded like another rapid on the backside, but it was starting to get dark. We were paddling with flashlights. So we, we pull up, and there's a light on. I can see a light. I can see a house. And I go up, and I'm soaking wet. I've got my life jacket on. I knock on this lady's door, 
And I'm like, honey, I hate to bother you, but can we sleep in your front yard? And she was just a sweet old lady, and she was like, yeah, help herself. There's a little gazebo over there. It's got power if you need to plug anything in. You can have supper. And mm, so we, That's nice. We sit out there all night drying clothes and eating supper and, and charging stuff up, and we never made it to our campsite that night. But there yeah. is a there is a camera floating still in that river, among several other things. I lost a fishing rod on that trip, a pair of sunglasses, a camera. Whenever you come and look through my stuff at my yeah. house, I may have it. I've picked up all kinds oh, of good yeah, stuff. Me too. I, I love finding stuff on the news. That's my favorite place to yeah. shop. Yep. You do you snorkel for it? <laughs> yeah. I have started last year after we went to the Cape Fear with um, with Pete. We brought another guy, Steve, and, and Steve was trying to play around in some – and, and surfed some rapids, and he flipped over and lost a GoPro. And I've now bought, and I carry, I'm carry i going to carry with me from now on, a snorkel set just for that. Yep. So, I dug one up last week for a girl who lost hers on the Eno. I yeah. went back and snorkeled it up. GoPros are good at getting lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That thing tied up. All that stuff, fishing rods, nets, mm-hmm. tackle boxes. Yeah, on the New River, we were paddling through um, – this is, I'm sorry, the Greenbrier River, we're paddling through uh, Bacon Falls, and it's a little mini gorge, only a few hundred yards long, and it's a six, substantial rapid. It's like a big section of good whitewater, class three, solid class three. It's the only really awesome rapid on the whole river. We bop through there, it sneaks up on you. You're like paddling in the lake, which is often a natural dam. You just gotta mm-hmm. always remember that. But then we came around the corner, boom, we're, we're down through there, and we come around the corner. Turns out, there is a... Uh, a bait and tackle shop there. I forgot the name of the hole, but it's like the, the turn in the river with the cliff wall. Mm-hmm. And then nice. you turn as you come out when you can first like get a road down to the bank there. There's a there's a shop there. I was like, the guy's like, now who would put a shop there? I was like, that guy probably makes a mint out of every fishing kayak that flips in that rapid and loses everything they got. Yeah. Except the kayak. They'll find the kayak, they'll go straight and then rebuy everything right there. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked to one of the fellows that lives up there and said, that's exactly why you put it there. It's <laughs> a good call. Yeah. Yep. Restocking everybody after everything, they lose all their yep. stuff. I bet so. Is it my turn? Got a good one. Oh, gosh. Man, we're probably running along. I mean, I my best sucky story would be you and me together when i sank my canoe oh man I, see yeah i didn't even that didn't even cross my mind but and yeah, i've told that one on the podcast it's, before. it's not necessarily a paddling a story paddling but it is a river boat situation which yeah. i've had i've had many more river boat situations than i have mm-hmm. me too. paddling situations me too so i'll hold off well, people have heard that one before i'll tell it another time um my dad and his buddy went duck hunting a few years back and they were you know, paddling through button bush or whatever and got to where they were going to duck hunt from. And one of those guns was gone. Oof. Uh, Super black Eagle gone and uh, paddled back around. Just reminded me from what you had just said, but paddle back down there with a paddle feeling along. I remember you telling me about that. Underneath tink hit metal, pulled it out, found it, went under, in you know duck season, Ooh. swam, pulled the waders <laughs> off, got in the river, or in the yeah, that's one swamp, of the times I would do it. Got in there, <laughs> pulled it out, dried it off. That's awesome. Got got some ducks later. Kept shooting it. There so, you go. Um, I'll hold off for my story. I've told it before on this one before, but 
about sank a boat, and Cody and I got messy. <laughs> yeah, we did. The, the riverbanks. Okay, so everybody coming on the through paddle, the riverbanks of the Yagan, this section of the Yagan, and the South Yagan, this section, slippery as snot. Mm-hmm. They, the mud is uh, not what you think it is when you're going to put your foot on it. Mm-hmm. You, you think you're going to step on it and sink up, but you're going to step on it and slip. And uh, there is no paddling shoe that is right for that mud. So you're just going to just be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Be ready for it. Well, uh, thank you all yeah. so much for coming. I enjoyed chatting with you. I'm enjoying um, I'm enjoying all the paddles and everything that the Land Trust is doing, and I'm really excited to spend some time with you all during our through paddle here in a month or so. Um, like I said, when we're going to publish this, there's 15 spots still available. Uh, I imagine they are not going to last long. So come join all of us. We'll be out and about and look forward to it's This stretch of river is, I mean, it's right near where I live. It's a great place. It's uh, it's really beautiful and I think an underutilized resource here in the central Piedmont of North Carolina. So I hope whether you come on this paddle or not, uh, if you like paddling, it's worth checking out and, and exploring it. And suitable for any skill level. Mm-hmm. Uh, your YouTube channel, River Kings. River Kings. Monkey in around in around monkey in around so check them out as well um, to get amped up for paddling season but Can I tell one last story about please that? close us out close us that'd out. be great I get a lot of questions about the name River Kings and um, it's not uh, it's not like alluding to greatness <laughs> but basically I was taking all those friends on our first trip which was the Fisher River into the Yadkin ah they been on that trip oh yeah they were not really suited up they didn't have any paddle gear and it had raining a little in october they're cold wet and muddy and we basically it, uh, the yakin was pumping we pulled out in the eddy climbed the bank and basically got it arranged it to land in rockford for that burger it shoals yeah yeah uh, and but there's no shoals this day it was just yeah. big brown well we get out and the guys are like there's a burger joint near here i was like yeah but we missed that where you're supposed to get out so we're just coming up 14 foot bank everyone was covered in mud and we walked around a bean field, hopped the railroad tracks, and boom, there we were in Rockford. And it was that, you know, gourmet hamburger. And yeah. the guys were so hungry. They were, like, eating. And I was looking at them, and I was like, guys, you look like, like straight-up gypsies, like river gypsies. We look rough. And Brian Hubbard was like, yeah, Pete, but we're eating like kings, river kings. And the guys liked it. That's the name of the group. So it's more of a how we feel when we're out on the rivers, on the trips together, just living it up. Um, you go out there, be your own king or queen for that day, that escapism you were talking about, just mm-hmm. getting out and enjoying nature, leaving all the, the rest of it behind. So we're definitely open to any, but we'll paddle with anybody. It's, it's for everybody. And there's a, there's a style of paddling and a place for you, no matter or who you are. May 15th so, and 16th. May 15th and 16th. Come, be, come yep. be a king come be a king. or a queen. That's right. That's awesome. Thank Great. y'all for coming. Absolutely. If you like the content and you'd like it to keep coming, you should still know that this podcast is just one of the tools that we use here at Three Rivers Land Trust to further our conservation mission. Our number one priority and purpose has always been to conserve land and natural resources for future generations and to be a voice for wildlife to ensure that they have habitats forever here in North Carolina. The podcast is just a byproduct to further that mission. To be a part of the team in the fight for the conservation mission, you should visit our website at www.3riverslandtrust.com.
www.ghostbusters.org.